Hello, onesies. It is Josh Williams here, and I have another bonus episode of the One Man Podcast for you with a comedian. That's right. I have recorded a face-to-face interview, my first one since the pandemic. I am happy to be chatting with comics again, making content for you guys, and having bonus episodes available for you. And this episode is of with my buddy Ryan McGlenna. I've known Ryan for years. I really enjoy spending time with Ryan, chatting, shooting the shit. In this episode, we talk about what it was like being comedy bookers, because both of us, not only are we comics, but Ryan did the uh, the amateur booking for Absolute Comedy in Toronto, and I did some amateur booking for Absolute Comedy in Ottawa. We discuss that. We just talk about what it's like trying to, to write and reinvent ourselves post-pandemic, what it was like performing over Zoom, you know what I mean? Or at least what the what the what my fears of performing over Zoom and what performing over Zoom was like for Ryan. We talk about some other stuff, some movies with things like that. I get into the last of us discussion with him. He, Ryan's a big gamer. So I asked him what he thought of the show versus the game. We chat about that for a little bit. And I promise it'll be the, the last of Josh on that. I will not bring up the subject anymore. I've talked about it a few times, but it was just talking to someone else about their thoughts on it. Yeah. So it's a, it's a fun episode. We had a chance. We record it in the afternoon, the night before its release. So I'm just, I'm just looking forward to having some more content out for you guys. So I, uh, I hope you enjoy my conversation with my buddy, Ryan McGlunnab. What's up everybody. This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercer. What's up guys. This is Paul Verzi and you are listening to the one man podcast. Yeah. I, it's almost like this is the perfect intro for you because it's just the awkwardness. I I am an awkward human. I I am a very awkward human. In in case your your listeners don't know that, but you have like such a stoicism about you where where I always think that the awkwardness you're completely in control of. I'm I'm completely comfortable with, with awkwardness with my awkwardness because I know that the awkwardness isn't going away. I've spent my whole life trying to not be that. Yeah. And I just realized that, you know, I'm never going to get there. <laughs> Are you serious right now? Like that's... I'm, I'm completely serious. I am never going to reach like a moment where, you know, I am this idea of what a, what a confident human being should be. Really? And I will always just be like, short of that and i've just embraced it okay because because the thing is like okay so you know how like steve carell has pretty much made a career out of like the awkward guy but but i would i would not think that he's awkward in real life no to me i'm like that's a guy who's like mastered you know creating and manipulating a situation awkwardly like he knows what's awkward and how to make it even more awkward yeah but i wouldn't paint him with he's he's an awkward guy and he just whatever so when i asked you and you're like you're like oh no i'm just i'm just always going to be the awkward guy so you legitimately think that you're you have no choice but to be awkward and you're like i'm just going to lean into it well i mean i i find i'm when i try not to be awkward Mm -hmm. i'm i'm very much trying too hard and forcing myself to do it and then it just comes out (laughs) like being awkward again Fair. So it doesn't matter if I try, it's going to be awkward. If I don't try, it's going to be awkward. <laughs> I might as well just be just awkward. Just be awkward. Because yeah. I always feel like you're in control of the situation. I'm like, whenever we're talking, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, he's always stringing me along. 
I'm mm-hmm. like, I want to make sure that I don't get caught with my pants down too hard on whatever it is you're telling me because you sell like, because you will be in one moment having just a regular conversation with me. Right. And then your next answer to like, you know, whatever the, the conversation is, whatever question I may ask. And it's just completely like bullshit comedy being funny or whatever. Yeah. But because you, you don't change lanes in terms of demeanor, like, like as people would say, you sell it so fucking hard that mm. I'm just always like, are you fucking with me right now? But then of course, when you're being funny, it's, it's obvious. There's yeah. certain things where I'm like, okay, but you mean you like have in me everyday that, then, conversation when I'm, when I'm just like, sometimes like I'll miss, I'll misspeak. <laughs> and then I'll just be like, well, that is my truth now. <laughs> That's my truth. So I will just like continue on with it. Like I meant to say that and just see how, how, how far long? the rabbit hole goes. That's so funny. You know? I, well, cause yeah, I mean, I've, dude, I've, I've loved your standup forever at this point. I'll address you audience that I'm here recording with my buddy, Ryan McGlenub. Very important. I want to plug it right off the bat in case, you know, you don't make it to the end before, before the weekend hits. Ryan is going to be hosting at, you're hosting, correct? Or are you headlining? I'm hosting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Ryan's hosting this weekend at Absolute Comedy. That's October 13th through 15th. I mean, you're, you're there tonight, but this yeah. won't come out till tomorrow morning. They've missed the yeah. Thursday opportunity well that's a shame because thursday is going to be the best show the best show of the whole week yeah (laughs) you guys missed it i'm sorry but 13th through 15th of october absolute comedy that's the ottawa club on preston street go to absolutecomedy.ca for tickets or call 613-233-8000 i wanted to plug that quickly because ryan is a super funny guy and you should go see him while he's here and my uber is waiting outside (laughs) good thing they don't get they get paid by time no they don't they get paid by distance distance. purely distance yeah so yeah. there, there is a man. So when they sit and wait, they're getting paid fuck all. There's a man in a Mazda outside just freaking the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not the case, of course, audience. That's the line <laughs> you're going to have to fucking get used to because none of that's real, but it's fun. It's fun conversationally. Yeah. So I, I'm, it's funny because I have had basically throughout the pandemic, I always tried to do these, these interviews before, like before the pandemic, always the history of the podcast pandemic aside, I've always tried to do these interviews in person. It's more fun to just sit in a room with your buddy and shoot the shit. And, oh yeah. And do them. Sit. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm laying in the jo- bed. Josh says lying in his bed. First, first interview this. Well, he because- looks like he wants me to paint him like a French girl. Yeah. Paint me like one of you. Look at my boobies, Jack. And Did you he- see the Schwarzenegger one? No, I didn't. I didn't oh my that. God. It's so funny. So there's this guy online who's doing all of the, the famous scenes from movies but he will take the regular actor. Are you going to draw me now? Like a friend? Oh my God. I gave Ryan a clipboard and a pen in case he wanted to make notes or hey refer Ryan, back to anything. Why don't, why don't you like, you know, use this, this clipboard and this pen just in case there's like some notes you want to take about our conversation. I, you know what? It's a cur- I gave you coffee and water too. You did. It's, it's more of just, you know, Hey, if we're shooting, cause that, that what happens to me is I'll be telling the story. I'm like, Oh yeah, I want to get back to this, but I forget. So if I write down like that, I can get referred to it more. It's more mm-hmm. just, if there was something that you wanted to remember to go back to or something, you have a, a pen and a paper. I find I'm, I'm, and so now you're drawing I'm, me in I'm bed. It's going to be so, a stick figure with, I can't even imagine. I'm, I'm more so just making the thumbnail for this podcast. <laughs> So when I first, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go back a little bit. When I built this, this, uh, studio on my desk, there's actually enough room where two people could, I guess, sit, but I was, I was worried that it wouldn't be enough. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just, it's right next to my desk, right next to my bed. I'm like, I'll just lounge on the bed and you can sit in the chair and with, you know, we both have mics in our face and the mm-hmm. arms reach. But if it's, if it's awkward, I might have to, you know, we'll change the podcast in bed with Josh Williams. 
But is it too late to rebrand? I'd say so. Yeah, we're having a reboot for the podcast. I tried to originally do in-person face-to-face interviews. I just found them to be a little bit more authentic. I never liked, uh, for starters, you control the audio better. So we can actually use good mics and things like that. When you're recording somebody's audio over Facebook, FaceTime or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. You, you are susceptible to like shitty internet lag. You're susceptible to bad audio on their laptop or on their phone, batteries dying, all sorts of things like that. Mm. So I just tried to do it in person during the pandemic though. I was doing a bunch of different things. I started to get a few sponsors that were like, Hey, can you interview this author or whatever? And I don't want to disparage any of the guests that I've had on here, but a lot of the stuff I just did online, it was weird. Somebody would write a really compelling book and then I would talk to them and it's like, you couldn't get anything out of them. Yes. Yes. No answers trying to get them to open up and discuss. It's like, they wanted this. They wanted interviews. They wanted to be able to talk in forms. And I was like, I, I fucking read your book so I can interview you. And, and I, one person, I, I read her book and she was above a pizza pizza trying to connect to Wi-Fi. So like, she only had an hour. These interviews, I always try to make them an hour. Mm-hmm. She only had an hour. The first half an hour was her trying to connect to Wi-Fi for us to get the zoom thing going. It just didn't work. And then, so we had about a 26 minute conversation. She's like, well, I do have to go now because the time's up and whatever. I was like, this was just a bad interview, lost audio. Like it, it, it's, I'm like, I'm not trying to make shitty products. So you are the first in-person interview and back to interviewing my comedian friends for some time. So just to address that and for the audiences to be like, holy shit, we haven't had a bonus episode in a while. They don't even get the regular episodes on time. Wait, is this a bonus episode? Your bonus episode. Regular episode comes out on Wednesday. That's me just talking about my week. Mm-hmm. Then when I do an interview with someone, so this is your episode, theoretically, even though I'm doing all the talking, Yeah, this is your episode. So this is, this will come out on Friday to try to plug your weekend, but also just give them some extra content before the weekend. Right. So also in this episode, guys, I will be playing some of Ryan's stand up from his album. So you get an opportunity to kind of hear what he's about and how funny he is. But all that is to say, I'm glad you're here. I appreciate you doing this. And, and what I was trying to get out too, is that your name has been on my list of guys I want to sit down and do a podcast with for a long time. So I'm glad you're finally here. Well, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> and as I do in these these interviews, these bonus episodes, I like mm-hmm. to get my audience a little bit closer to who you may be. So as much as they can enjoy you as a comic and the funny man, they get to know a little bit more about you. That's the, that's what their Patreon. It's not, it's not a Patreon thing at all, but that's, it, what's, that's the bonus. That's yeah, exactly. That's why I'm in my bed. There's no video cameras though, which is a weird thing, but uh, no, the whole idea is that if they listen to this, they don't just get your stuff that they can hear online or whatever. They get to know a little bit more. Are you really sketching me still? I'm not sketching you. Oh, for fuck's sakes. I'm going to have to put this on the Instagram now because it'll be like, what was Ryan? The whole time I've been talking, guys, Ryan is just looking at me, sketching something on the sheet. I'm glad I gave you two pieces of paper so that you'll have one to oh, nice. actually put notes on or something. Now you're just staring at my crotch and I, drawing. I don't, I don't, don't see your hand moving very much. I, that doesn't I feel like it's to scale. what you're um, talking about. So thank you for being here. My, my question I like to ask a lot of my interviewees is, is who were you before you started stand up? So who was I before I started? Yeah. Like when, stand-up? when you, before you started stand up, did you want to be a stand up comedian? Did you like, I just liked stand up. I never really wanted to be a comic. I was just a big fan. So like, what did you do for a living? You know, what did you study in school? Like before stand up was even an option on the table, who were you? I was a, <laughs> You're so focused on your drawing. <laughs> the drawing. <laughs> I was a, like, you know, like one of those loser kids 
in high school, didn't really fit in anywhere. Okay. Like you didn't, you weren't a goth or anything like that, right? One of those, like, no, what, what are the no. groups that'll take me chess club and goth? I'm like, I can pay my nose. I, I was like a, a drama loser. Yeah. In a, in a group of music losers. Okay. And like, even in my own friend group, I didn't really fit in. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was just like, I, I was really looking for some kind of maybe like attention or acceptance or something like that. Okay. And ended up just, you know, seeing my first live stand-up show and just being like, oh, I could do this. Were you in high school? I was in high school. Okay. How did that happen? How did you just see your, was it, was there a comic that came to this high school or did you go out to a club? No, I went to a club. I went to the uh, Yuck Yucks in Toronto. Okay. Which is now an absolute comedy. <laughs> yep. And so it's weird how everything just goes full circle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I got to see the uh, the Wednesday night show there because I was visiting a friend of mine in the summertime and his brother is a is a comic and he was on the Wednesday night there. Okay. Do we know him? Is he still doing stand up? Uh yeah, yeah, Dave Hudson. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. No Dave Hudson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his his little brother Ben was one of my one of my good friends in high school. And I saw my first show and I was just like, I think this is what I what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. I want to I want to try this and then they opened up a club in my hometown and then i did the first amateur night they had and i was how long afterwards that i think we went in the summertime to visit so i think that was like july and then the club opened up in september and the first how lucky did you know there was a club opening up no i got a random phone call from dave saying hey man okay you know there's a new comedy club in town and i'm hosting the the amateur night and i know you said you wanted to try it oh that's cool he's looking so, out for you so you got to come and i'm like okay <laughs> so i so i went and that's that's how that went how did your first night go it was good yeah yeah it, i i i didn't have that like weird experience that some people have where like i tried it and i sucked and i hated it right right and i i, I got so scared to do it i no, i i i found that like I was naturally good at it. Okay. And like, I'm not, I'm not trying to like, like brag or anything. No, 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 no. I just, it just turns out that I was good at it. Yeah. And, and then the owner of the club was like, all right, we'll see you again at, next month. Cause it was a monthly. <laughs> right. Right. And he's like, I want to see, I want to see a brand new, brand new seven from you. Was this a yuck yucks that opened up? It was a yuck yucks affiliate. Right. Was this this time to laugh? It was time to laugh. Time to laugh in uh, Kingston. Yeah. And they, and yeah. now the owner said, I'll see you next month. Was that the time to laugh guy or was yeah, that like was, a yuck yucks? Time to laugh, time to laugh guy, was yeah. yucks booking it, the amateurs for them or something? No, or? Uh, yuck yucks booked their, their headliners or whatever. The, okay. The yeah. pro acts for the week. And then like any guest spots or amateur night was booked. done local. Yeah. Done locally. Yeah. It's interesting that you say like, you know, I just, I was naturally good at it because there's a lot of people when you hear a lot of guys telling their story, they're like, I always wanted to do it. And I always thought I'd be great at it. Like you said, it was something that you wanted to do, but did you ever feel like you might not be good at it? You know what I mean? Like, cause of course. And I, I don't mean like, like, I don't mean in the, in the, the way that everyone should feel like maybe they won't be good at it or whatever. I mean, more of like, did as much as you saw it, you're like, you said you, you saw it, you're like, this is what I should be doing. I guess I just, I have an overall different experience. I was the last person in my life that ever thought I should do stand up. So 
sometimes when it's like, there's the opportunity and I'm like, sure. And I know I make you guys laugh. I'm just, I guess I'm so naive. I don't really know that I've heard many other people, but, but for mm -hmm. myself, the experience when doing it was I was better at it than I thought I would be. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't see it. Don't worry. Well, I guess there will be a big reveal at the end, like a, a reality TV show. Ryan's the picture's complete. It's, it's good enough. Okay. I don't even know what you've, I'm going to, it's going to be like a gorilla. Do you want to see it? I will show it to you. You right may now. as well. I may as well. So Ryan has been working on for something for some time. Holy shit. That's good. <laughs> you drew. That's great. That's fucking great. <laughs> you put effort into that. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to, can I put it on the Instagram? Of course. Okay. That's great. That's fucking great. <laughs> I'll have to add it tomorrow in the afternoon when the, the episode comes mm -hmm. out. Do you want to write something to the listeners? Uh -huh. Thanks for watching my episode <laughs> or listening to it or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I guess I, I got lucky in the sense that I was, I was better at it mm -hmm. than I thought because there's a ton of people, right. Who are like, this is the thing for me. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be great. And they go and they do it and they're not. Yeah. And they do it again and they're not. And you and I grow and evolve and six, seven, eight, ten years later, these people are still showing up to the amateur shows doing mm -hmm. the same six minutes and haven't grown. Right. You know what I mean? Did you ever in those early days, did you ever have the whole, like, what if I just stayed this amateur level? Like what, a, what, a, what if I just never, you know, did you ever, did you ever have that concern or, or what did you it, go out on the stage and you're like, no, I've done well. And I'm, 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 I got this. I, I did well. I, I think I'm on the right track. I know what I'm doing now. Like the problem that I had was, them asking me for for new material every every time they did yeah weird i didn't know like that's that's what i did so i just kept writing and it was it was like so all of my material just ended up being good enough for amateur night right but like on a regular show it was just like questionable at best that's that's and, so strange and i never knew the the whole idea of you know honing a bit right and actually like taking a bit and like really nurturing it to the point where it gets good like really good yeah and and that's that's the part that i find odd about them saying hey like do different stuff because every club owner like the experience again it's been a while since we've done an interview of some of these things i've shared in the past but the experience for a lot of new comics is like the only camaraderie i have is my group of other amateur comics and you always feel like i don't want to be doing the same jokes in front of these guys they've already heard all these jokes and you yeah. kind of feel like oh i gotta do something new but it's the club owners who will tell you no i need to see the same six minutes over and over mm -hmm. again and i need to see it do well over and over again so that i know when i book it it works so it's odd to me that a club owner would say okay give me different next time yeah because that's not how you know like you said you got to own a bit or hone, sorry, hone a bit and, and work on it and craft it yeah. because it's through repetition that you get better. It would literally be like working out, picking up, like, okay, cool. I can do that and never do that again. I'll go work a different muscle or something. Yeah. You're like, wait a second. No, no, no. You got to yeah. do it over and over again to make it stronger. Yeah. So it's odd that but, they would suggest that. Well, I, I think what it is, it is just like the whole idea of just building your, your act Yeah. and like trying to, you know, I, I think it, it came from a good place. Yeah, it oh, came, of course, of course. It, it, it came from like, oh, okay, this this guy's good. I can't wait to see what 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 else he can what do. What else he can do because, you know, that was that was a bit of a real treat. Right, to, right. to watch. 
I just think it's strange. Yeah. I mean, obviously they all mean, well, none of them want, I would think there are some spiteful people in the industry, but overall, yeah. like a club owner doesn't want someone to do poorly because at the end of the day, these are all potential, you know, work monkeys that can, yeah. you know, yeah. get butts and seats for them selling tickets and drinks. I just, I've just never heard a club owner to an amateur say, do something different. Unless, unless it's like what I'm talking about, where the people do it five, six years in a row, the same six are like, Hey, change it. <laughs> yeah. You know? No, it was, it was like right after the, the first set It's like, Oh, okay. I, I'm really excited to see what else you come up with. Oh, okay. Okay. It, it was, it was like that. And, and I'm like, Oh, okay. I, I guess that's how this works. Right. Right. And, and then uh, I think for, for comics, it's really just a matter of, of knowing when you should be doing the new stuff and when you should be working on the old stuff. It's just like, right. it's, it's, contextual yeah and there's strategy to it yeah yeah because you when you're new you want to get the good stuff and then like try to get as good as possible and use it to like gain the trust of of bookers and get yourself into the rooms and once you've earned that trust and like the they're not like watching you like a hawk when you're on stage (laughs) Like, oh my God, is this guy going to like, just eat it right now? Yeah. It is nice when they're, when they're not watching anymore. Yeah. Not just because A, you don't feel pressure, but B, that they're comfortable enough to know that you're not going to fuck, embarrass them or whatever it is. Yeah. 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 That's a good feeling. Yeah. I'm going to take, just cause we're at like the, the 20 minute mark. I'm going to, well, at least what it's showing me here. I'm going to throw to one of your bits just to give you guys a quick little sample of what Ryan does on stage. I love, uh, I love amusement parks and like, uh, I would go to Canada's Wonderland every summer and uh, I was actually there last summer. And I went with a bunch of friends. The only problem was we went in an odd number. Don't ever fucking do that, guys. Because if you ever go to an amusement park and you look at all the rides, you'll see that they're always done up in pairs. So, like, every time someone had to sit by, by themselves, which was me. And I remember I got on this one ride, and for whatever reason, the most amazingly attractive woman decided to ride right beside me. And, you know, that's not really fair. Because you guys know how hard it is to look cool on a roller coaster? Because <laughs> you can't when you're all excited. Like, ah! <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> so you come here often? <laughs> like, I wanted to look cool, but I ended up panicking the whole time. I just stared at her. And I didn't even realize I was doing this at first. But when I got off the ride, I walked by a booth that was selling pictures that were taken of you while you were on the ride. So for five bucks, I now have proof that I have a girlfriend. So that's all right. My favorite place to shop at is Best Buy. I love going to Best Buy. I actually like having fun with the people that work at Best Buy. Like, I like going up to the Geek Squad tech support counter and just asking them the most ridiculous questions. So I'll walk up to them all serious, like, oh, hey, guys. I have a technology question for you. Do you know how to get cum off a keyboard? Turns out they do. They do. (laughs) 
Guy didn't even look at me. He's like, aisle five. <laughs> oh, what a great bit. <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine I just didn't play anything there. I just leave it like that. You should that. have. You just should have not. You come back and... Oh, okay, this is the real bit. <laughs> no, no, that's <laughs> So do you remember how long it took before you got your first paid gig? Like how long you were doing amateur stuff before, amateur before, stuff before, before someone, and, and do you remember what it was? Yes. My, my first gig was, I, I opened at <laughs> a place in Toronto called the docks, the docks, the docks. Okay. And basically I was doing comedy. I was maybe like four or five months in. So I maybe had like five sets under my belt. Okay. And I get a message from Filipino comedian Ron Jossel. Oh yeah, who's like, "Hey, I heard you're you're doing the comedy, <laughs> you know, like." And then he's like, "Do you want you want to like do a do a set in Toronto?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I would love to do a set in Toronto." And he was doing a headline show. It was like a just like a big Filipino event, and I got to open for him, and it was crazy. I don't remember any of it really i know that that they interviewed me for some some vlog or like filipino oh, okay channel thing <laughs> like some like local like omni or something yeah yeah and and i'm like i'm i'm five months in i've got like five sets under my belt i don't know what the fuck i'm doing did you say that to the camera? No, no. <laughs> so, We're here with comedian Ryan McGlenub, and you're like, I'm five months in. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> like, that's the, like the official interview. The, that would have been a perfect origin story for you and your your, yeah. your awkward style. You just stand there waving at the no, camera. No, it, it was pretty much me like, you know, say your prayers, drink your milk, take your vitamins, <laughs> and then be a comic. <laughs> 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 Then they cut away and they're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Did you, do you have that somewhere? No, I don't. No? I don't. It would be it funny. It would be perfect. I'm, I'm sure it's like deep in some, some <laughs> storage container somewhere. That's, it, that's hilarious. So how did, how did you, how did you get like the, did you know Ron at the time? Did you work with him? I met Ron. Okay. So the, the day that I went to see my first live comedy show, mm -hmm. Ron was on the show. Okay. And Dave introduced me to Ron and he was like, oh, hey, Ron, this is Ryan. He's, he's Filipino. He's from Kingston. And Ron's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys exchange details or did he just call no, you out of the blue he, months he just, later saying, hey, I need a guy for a Filipino show? He just called me in the blue. I, I guess like he, he heard about me through like other comics. They're like, oh, hey, Ron, there's another Filipino guy that's doing it. He's in Kingston. You should check it out. Yeah. And then he's, and then he just like probably asked around and someone that like did a show with me was like, oh yeah, yeah, he's, he's all right. <laughs> Glow, that's five stars. That's five stars and you know, yeah, he's not yeah. bad. Oh my God. Yeah. So how long afterwards, cause, cause you and I met when I started doing stand up. you've been doing stand up longer than me. Mm -hmm. You and I met because you were, you were running the, the Toronto club for a while. Yeah. Like, well, I was, well, I was talent, talent coordinator, talent, manager and all yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. But so how did you go from being the guy at Kingston doing amateur nights to like, now you're, how did that happen? How did that happen? Yeah. How did you go from Kingston up and comer to Toronto talent booker? Because 
that's, I'm sure you've got a million stories about how difficult that is when you've got all of the Toronto comics, biggest comedy city in the country and everyone asking for spots and stuff. So how did you, how did you go from, from being the guy asking for spots to that? That uh, I know that that'll take a, a hot minute as the kids say to, well, to get to basically but. I used to work across the street from the absolute comedy at an EB games GameStop for the now GameStop. Yeah. And after work, I would go across the street and absolute would just be my hangout. Okay. So I would just be that guy who people were, were, were like kind of unsure. Like, does he do comedy or is he just a guy? Is he just funny? Is he just here? Yeah. And I would, I would sit in the same chair at the bar (laughs) and the bartenders all knew me. So they would just like, give me free iced tea every time I showed up and I would just sit there and shoot the shit with everybody. And then from time to time, this was when Brendan ran the club, okay. Brendan McKeegan. And there were times where I would just be sitting there and Brendan would come up to me. He's like, Hey, our opener canceled. You want to do a spot? I'm like, yeah, okay, nice. I'll go up. And it wasn't until like two managers later where there was just like a, a big like thing that happened where there was just like a, a like a pipe burst or something. There was like a leak uh-huh. in the club, and like the manager at the time got so overwhelmed that she just quit. Oh, really? Yeah. And, wow. Or something like that. I and then the owner of the club knew me because I was just the guy sitting at the bar every really? time he was there. And then he's like, "Hey, you're a comic, right?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know, you know all all the comics in the city, right? I'm like, yeah. I know. I know of them. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm familiar with many of the faces in in the city. He's like, "Well, I'm promoting my bar manager to general manager." Was that Jess? That was Jess. Okay. And and he's like, "They she doesn't know any any of the comics that well. So, do you want to like come aboard and help with the booking and stuff?" I'm like, "Okay." it's like oh if only we knew then what we know now (laughs) working for jay my podcast listeners i've told a million stories about jay a million stories about jay and he's he's had an episode on it so they they know jason okay very well yeah Uh, i mean unless it's their first episode or whatever it is but but really anyone who knows you anyone who knows me probably has heard stories about jason at some point but if I could just uh, promote bar manager and uh, when I fucking, uh, yeah, you're the, you're the only one I know. You yeah. know the comics there. Yeah, the guy. It's fucking yeah, easy job. Yeah, it's fucking nothing. It's like yeah, five minutes yeah. every month. <laughs> I believe his words were, I need you to do me a favor. Yeah. And that kiss of death. <laughs> it was like the longest favor I've ever done for somebody. <laughs> was it supposed to be only temporary? Like, oh, you're just be a talent booker or whatever? Or? I was just like, like I fell into the job. And then I got kind of comfortable in it. Because you didn't work there at the time that he offered you this, right? It's not like no, you were a doorman or something. I was He's like just a guy who hung out at the bar. Who hung out at the club because he worked very close to it. <laughs> so do you think, yeah. What, what I wanted to ask you too, just very quickly, yeah. is is what brought you from Kingston to Toronto? Like, because you're just like, I was working at the EB Games. But you lived in Kingston when you started. What, what made you move to Toronto? What made me move to Toronto? Did you move there for stand-up or... Yeah, well, like, after high school, there was a whole, like, you know, everyone's just, you know, we got to figure out what we got to do after after high school. Like, we got to do something. And yeah. I'm like, okay. And I applied for, like, every theater school that I knew of, and, like, all of them rejected me. 
Really? And rightfully so, because <laughs> I was so unprepared for my auditions. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't have any lines memorized. Oh, dude, I, thought, or... I thought I could memorize an entire Shakespearean monologue on the way there, kind of thing. On the way there, yeah. and that's me. Too. Yeah, and like I've told this story on another podcast. Tell it here, man. We but, want it. We uh, want it. I okay. So one of the one of the schools, the universities in Toronto, I applied for their their theater program, and they. They sent me an audition date, and they're like, you got to prepare two monologues, one classic and one contemporary. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I can do that. And then, so I'm, I'm on the, the train to, to Toronto, just staring <laughs> at this, like, sheet of paper that I printed off that had had these written on them. And I'm just, do you remember what classic and what contemporary you picked? The classic one was from Romeo and Juliet. Okay. Because I'm such a loser. No, it's, I mean, it's understandable. <laughs> I, I, if I had to guess, I would have been like, "Did you go Hamlet?" Like the fucking most, you know. No, I think it was like the butt soft. What light yeah. through yonder window, window breaks? breaks yeah, she's east and Juliet is the west or the yeah, sun or something. Yeah, and then, east and Juliet I'm is just the like, sun. Oh. Arise, fair sun, and kill the. Well, here's moon. the thing. At the time, it was yeah. just like you know, there was that Romeo and Juliet movie. I'm like, I know this movie. I've seen that movie like ten times. I can. <laughs> I can memorize this shit. And so I get to this inter the or this audition. It's a group audition. So it's me Everyone just does it at the same time, like Scoville and Dor. Well it's like <laughs> Dude, there's it's like twelve time. twelve people in a circle and and so like the the guy in charge calls on everyone one by one to just come into the center. Of the circle? Yeah. Okay. And do, Sounds like drama camp. It doesn't sound like a... Yeah, and yeah. coming in the circle and, and perform your thing in front of everybody. And I go up there, and I just fucking blank. <laughs> <laughs> entire, like, not even the first line. It, I, entire, I maybe get two lines into it, and then I just, like, buckle under the pressure. Really? Yeah, and then... How and then did you like, handle it? <laughs> so, the, the guy in charge just looks at me he's like okay we'll just we'll 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 we'll, we'll come back to you in a moment I'm like okay and then they and then they like cut for a break so oh. everyone's got like you know just like take 10 minutes you know theater people go outside and smoke if you if you got it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and i just like you know sheepishly walk up to this guy and i'm just like hey dude <laughs> hey dude <laughs> Like, I know I didn't get this. You know I didn't get this. Could I please just leave now and save face? Really? Yeah. And what did he say? And he didn't encourage you to try again or anything like that? And he said, if that's what you want, then yes. Oh. And so I just left with my, my tail between my, my legs. And I ended up just like finding a video arcade <laughs> and then just wasting, and then got a job at GameStop. You're like, well, wasting this is me the now. rest of the afternoon at this video arcade, just thinking about how much of an embarrassment I, I was at the time. And then eventually from after that, I ended up going into a field that I was second best at. Like I was, it was I was like a drama student first in high school, mm -hmm. and then secondary I was like a very good like 
computer programmer. Oh, okay. So I got. I thought you were going to say going to say comedian, like you no, just said, no, I went no. from the drama to the comedian thing. I was like, yeah. Oh. No, so I ended up well, like I, I didn't want to, but I felt like I had to because the computer stuff. Yeah, because you know the whole idea of disappointing your parents was just. You know, in the back of my head, and I'm like, I gotta do something. I can't just like go into nothing. That's the that again. That's another comic thing that I just I can't say I have. Yeah. Because my mom from a young age was like, you got to be a comedian. Not only she was projecting onto me to do something that she never did, but but my mom fancies herself funny, but she's never tried to be a comic ever. Yeah. But I I'm just so so for me I would have disappointed my mom. If I hadn't at ever in my life ever tried to be a comic. No, I, so I, I, I don't, that's another one that I know comics I'll say, but it hasn't been. I've, uh, I disappointed my parents all the way until I started headlining shows. And then they're like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know what you're doing. <laughs> well, Hey man, as long as you get there eventually. Yeah. Like I told Zoe, Zoe Rabnett, I had her on the podcast a few years back mm-hmm. and I told her, like, I go like, I'm never going to be a doctor or a lawyer. Yeah. You know, not that anyone's ever accused me of that, but I'm just never going to be that. I go, but the closest thing that I could, I could get to bringing home that diploma would be doing just for laughs. Cause just for laughs is not the be all and end all, but it's almost like if you get recognized as you actually are good enough for the world's largest comedy festival, that to me is like the comedy diploma. It doesn't mean that it's the be all and end all and you've arrived and you never have to do anything again, Mm -hmm. but it's like. You've been recognized. You have that validation that you are funny enough to be at a world-class level. Yeah. Now go do it. You know what I mean? That's, I look at the, the diploma. Some people look at it like it's like your, your golden ticket and you've arrived. To me, it's just the, that recognition of like, hey, you graduated. You're, you're amongst the professionals now. Yeah. Right. You're not fucking around. It's not a hobby. So yeah. to, to me, in, in terms of, like I said, just going back to the parents thing is like, I told her, it's like, that's the closest to a comedy diploma that that you can get there's yeah. other ones you do a late night talk show or something but it's just that's a big one in canada especially when you grow up watching it with your parents and stuff to, yeah. to be able to do it i've had little i've never i've never been invited to the montreal festival me neither but the i did do the toronto one as i'm sure you have as well the yeah GFL but I've, I've but i've never been invited to the toronto one. Oh, really yeah i think i've only been invited once like by just for laughs uh yeah okay yeah, yeah. i've I've never been, I've never gotten any kind of invite from them, nor have they shown any interest in me ever. Oh, fuck. But I have done the festival like a lot of times because, you know, just my connection with Absolute and I'm just, you know, first off, for a long time, I was the one booking the lineups at Absolute. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I mean, I might as well give myself something. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. I mean, it's a credit, but it's kind of like a tainted credit because it's not really the festival. That I'm just there, right? And I'm and I've just like got myself on just because I'm the guy that's putting people on. Yeah, but it was still your faces on their website. If you go to you know to to look and see who's there, your name will be on lineups. My my name was on the lineup. My face was not. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Because like with with the absolute lineups, it was always like. I'll just post 40, 50 comics. So it's like, I'm not, I like, I can't just get everybody's headshot. No, of course. Of course it's that's, and that's a ton of work for, for you as the guy who's booking all that to have to do as well. I, yeah, no, I've never had anything where like, oh yeah, I'm I'm just, I've had the pleasure of opening for a lot of, 
a lot of comics that are great. I think the closest thing the, to that, to like recognition. Now I gotta be honest, like for myself, there's been big hiatuses in my standup career where just like stuff's happening in my personal life where stand up has just been pushed to the back burner. Yeah. And that's on me. That's on me. Well, I, I, I felt that too, you know, working at a comedy club and you're just like, okay, I need to do sets and get better. Mm. But because of my, my current situation, I can't just be like, asking everyone that runs a room to get on right because everyone will be expecting favors in return exactly and that's that's something too because i i ran the open mic mondays yeah in ottawa and even though that's a smaller scale version it, you you do realize that when you're running a room the expectations on you and not only that in your spare time you're getting bothered by people all the time asking yeah. for shit so it's it's hard to do your own thing yeah i've i've empathized with with ben minor who's also a comic who runs stuff for sirius xm mm -hmm. and people bother him for stuff all the time so yeah. I, I certainly empathize with with anybody who it's not even like a, like sometimes they call it gatekeeping or whatever, but it's like anybody who's got the responsibility of booking something, it's like, yeah. and, and the people like you, you, I'm sure you're the same because I already, I've known you for years is you try your best to be as fair and, and even with everybody. And you're still it, so many people pissed off and, and sending you venomous fucking messages like you're, or just writing just garbage about you on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been there. It's like, yeah. Do you have any idea how hard I try to make things fair? And then you still, and you still can't please everybody. It doesn't so it's, matter what you do. People will always take everything personally and it, you, you can't change their mind otherwise, unless you show them special treatment. Right. And if you, if you do happen to do somebody else's show and you do well or something like that, oh, well, he only got on it because blah, blah, blah. Like, it's like, that's the thing with, that's, with comics that's diminishing. Every single just for last showcase I've ever been yeah. on is, oh, you only got that because. You know, you work at the club you or work something at the club. like that. Yeah. And I'm like, now that I'm not, I, I really look forward to getting all these th things on merit alone. Yeah. And not because of any like connections or anything. Yep. And that's probably the one thing that, that keeps me going. It's, it's, it's a bit of like excitement and curiosity about like, okay, like this is all on me now. I got to make sure that I'm, you know, being the best comic I can be so that, you know, I can finally turn heads and not just have that whole thing be marred by the idea of, yeah. of me, you know, having some little bit of power within within the comedy industry yeah. with, with like one club. Well, that's, that's one of the things that I've noticed in general is it doesn't matter. Like I've had, I've had guys, you know, that I've watched come up because again, starting people from the amateur level right? Like, like first timers open like Mondays is like, I've seen guys go from their very first set to like where they are now years later or whatever. And I've, I've seen them along the way, like do a, a competition and do well in that competition. And you see them like doing well and the audience is voting and they're winning mm -hmm. and they're like, ah, it's no big deal. This isn't even a really big like thing, whatever. I'm like, listen, I go, if it was no big deal, everybody would be winning every night. Yeah. It wouldn't be just you. I go, secondly, there's going to be so many people in this industry that are going to take away your accomplishments for you and tell you why they're worth nothing. I go, don't do it to yourself. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, like the whole industry shits on you. There's so many people who are upset because they're not getting what you're getting and they want to diminish the accomplishments. And I, 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 
have had a million things in my life, insecurities and people pleasing and stuff like that, where, where, you know, you work hard for something, you're doing stuff that other people aren't doing. And the, the community will tell you, Oh, you don't deserve that because you just, you just got it. Cause you work here. You just got it. That's like, or I worked there because instead of sitting around playing video games, you know, at night, you know, just jumping on set and then drinking beer all night is like, I, I called the club and I was like, Hey, like I'll do this thing. I, I hung out and I immersed myself in the thing that mm-hmm. I wanted to do. You know what I mean? Like I've got tons of friends who are doing unbelievable things in the U S market. And I only am close with them because when Jason, the same boat as you, when Jason asked me, Hey, I need a guy to run tailgaters for me. Like, can you do it? I was like, yeah, sure. I was a doorman at the time. Again, I took a job as a doorman to be around comedy. Yeah. But because on that Tuesday night, that was the first night of the week when the new comics would come in, Mm -hmm. I got to meet guys like Jesse Joyce and stuff like that. I was their first point of contact. And because I was only doing the, the stand up at night and working the door, I was free during the day in the week. So they're like, Hey man, you want to, what are you doing tomorrow? You want to hang out? I got to like make relationships with tons of comics coming through town. And those, those friendships and relationships are still strong today. But you know, if you let the community talk, it's like, oh, well, it's only because you know, so-and-so or only because you worked there. It's like, well, yeah, but working there was my choice. You could have worked there and you didn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, yeah, life is who you know or whatever, but also when you're working with the people like, like, I don't know if you had this experience in the Toronto scene, but in the Ottawa scene, all the amateurs up and coming opening act, whatever level, they're all sitting around talking about here's what it takes to become a headliner. And if you're this, you're shit. And if you're that or whatever, and I would sit around and I'd hear that. And I'm like, you guys aren't headliners though. If you knew what it takes, I was wondering where you're going to take a sip of your coffee. I go, if you guys were all, uh, what's the time, what's the time? I'll throw it. I'll throw you another clip. No, no, 44, 44. Okay. Yeah. So it took 44 minutes for you to have a sip for of your me coffee. to have a sip of coffee. And it was sitting there for 10 before we started. <laughs> mm, but lukewarm. Ooh, is that pumpkin? It is pumpkin. Oh, I offered it to you. It's lovely. Yeah. You can move the coaster too if you I want. I just don't want to ruin the Alphonic will clear all of this stuff out. I appreciate the courtesy, but dude, you can slurp your coffee. Like I slurp into the mic just 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 to break all of the professional barriers. Do it. This will be the first guest slurp. Wow, and it was so timid. But <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be like Yeah. Like like do a good one. So the other day. So the other day we were having a we were having delightful conversation. Tea. There you go. The first ever guest slurp. Well, uh, second, but the first ever deliberate. Yeah, I'll, I'll take second. Whatever. You can do whatever you want, man. Do you like the coffee though? Is it good? Mm-hmm. Are they a sponsor? Nope. Okay. No, well, we I won't just, say their name. I then. just like, I'm exactly the same way. You, you want it, you pay for yeah, it. Yeah. Give us money. Yeah. Josh. Give Josh <laughs> yeah. money. Just know whatever it is, it's good. But yeah, I, I think in terms of all of that, like the industry makes you feel not the industry. The, your, your colleagues and competitors yeah. for lack of a better term, want to make you feel bad about whatever you're getting. It's sour grapes, right? Of course. The bird that tries to get it, tries to get it, tries to get it. And then he can't. So he's got to convince himself they were probably sour anyways. Yeah. So it's like, they'll do that to you. It's like, you like, worked hard to get something. And now all of a sudden it's all, oh, you only got it because this, it's like Trent McClellan. I had a, a great episode with him and Trent was saying like, you got all these comics who are like, they play video games all day and they, they sit in the bar and they drink all night after the show. They're like, oh, I'll be a great comic, whatever. I want to do this. And he's like, he's like a quote that I love is show me where you spend your time and your money. And I'll tell you what your priorities are. And so like all these guys who want to be, it's like, ah, but you're just playing video games all day and drinking all night. Like, where's the, where's the work part come in? But guys like Seinfeld and Carlin never fucking hung out and just chilled after the show. They were like, they went home. 
home bed up the next day and back to work doing what it was that yeah. that they said they wanted to do because being a comic is more than just being on the stage and doing it there there's yeah. a, there's a lot of like prep work and leg work you got to do yep you got like, you got to conceptualize these ideas you have to have the discipline to maybe write out some point form notes yeah. to try to get a spot somewhere to test that joke because it's never i don't know how you feel about it but but my feeling on a new joke is it's not a joke until i've done it on stage it's just an idea yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. Until people, a group of people laugh at it and go, oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well now maybe it's a joke or a bit or whatever, but I don't even know. You know, it's funny. I don't think I've referred to any of my shit as jokes in a long time. I just usually like, I got a bit on that or I got a thing on that. I got a piece on that. I don't usually, I got a joke about that. I guess I have said that I've got a joke about that, but it's usually, I've got a, a bit on that or something. I don't look at my, my material as jokes per se. I look yeah. at it more as well, I mean, materials, I th- I bits, think- chunks where we are with how long we've been doing it i think it's <laughs> we know they're jokes right when you're referring to yeah just be like use the terminology i guess i, I guess my, i got a bit on that i'm working on a chunk on that yeah 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 i got a yeah i got a, i got a tag i got a fucking yeah. call back i got a yeah. but i just mean it's just funny cuz i usually was like yeah i'm writing a bit about that i'm i'm you know and yeah. it's not even a, i guess yeah you're right it could be that's just using the terminology but yeah. generally speaking i'm just like yeah i'm i'm working on a thing i now that you're now that you're out of that cuz i've said years ago when i left the open mic mondays i'm like i'm so happy to not be dealing with that anymore are you way happier that you're not doing that anymore i am i am Probably the happiest I've been in a long time. Tell your face. <laughs> Smile. I I think this is a perfect opportunity to throw it to another bit of Ryan's. I still haven't even picked these yet, but I was listening to the album earlier. So we're going to throw to another bit, just another opportunity for you guys to hear how funny Ryan can be when he's not being asked interview questions. Tell guys this. My dad's great. My dad, my dad just celebrated his 71st birthday. And like he got himself a gift. Like last time I went to visit him, he showed me this new gift that he bought for himself. Really excited about it. He bought himself a computer. He's 71 years old. It's his first computer. And you know, I know a lot about these things. So I'm like, you know what, Dad? I'm going to help you out. It's your first computer. I know a lot. I can help you out. Just ask me any questions you have. He's like, okay, Ryan. I want to know how to email. I want to email. I'm like, okay. So I set my dad up with a Gmail account, free of charge, no problems. Actually, there was one problem. The only person my dad knows of the email is me. <laughs> so every now and then, I'll get a random email from him. And I'll be honest with you guys, I never really knew what broken English looked like. <laughs> and my dad's also super religious, so he finds a way of sticking Jesus and everything. So here's a typical email from my dad. Ryan, this is dad. <laughs> Do copy. Over. <laughs> I hope all is well, and I pray Jesus thinks you're funny. <laughs> what? Now my dad had more questions for me. He's like, Ryan, on the internet, is there a way I could get the Playboy channel? Huh, Playboy? I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe my dad's asking me this. (laughs) So my dad and I are then surfing the net for porn. (laughs) Don't judge me. (laughs) Not my finest moment. It's kind of hard to say no when your mom's like, oh, you 
you should help him. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. So I'm sitting there at the computer. Both my parents are standing over me. And I'm trying to think, what is the cleanest porn site that exists in this universe? And I remember my dad saying Playboy, so I'm like, all right, fine. I take my dad to Playboy.com. He sees something he likes and clicks on it. A little window pops up. Enter your credit card information now. I'm like, I got an out here. I'm like, oh, no, Dad, look. You got to use your credit card. You got to pay for this stuff. I don't know if you want to do that. He's like, oh, I don't want to do that. But is there not on the internet three naked ladies? <laughs> I look at my dad, and I say, no. <laughs> Sorry, Dad, there's no free naked ladies on the internet. Don't even look for her, because you won't find any. Now, I know how easily I could have just said, yeah, Dad, watch this. <laughs> Your computer's full. <laughs> now, the last thing my dad asked me about his computer is like, Ren, I hear so much about this, uh, this space book. How do I get on this space book? <laughs> and I drew the line here. I told him, Dad, space book is hard. <laughs> it's really complicated. You won't understand it. Don't bother. Now, I know that was kind of mean, but I don't need my dad on Facebook. You know, adding me as a friend, sending me Facebook quizzes. Which apostle are you? <laughs> I was Peter. Or writing on my timeline where all my friends can see it. Ryan, I found the three naked ladies. <laughs> there are so many of them. And I pray to Jesus you find them too. Fun fact about that bit, I was actually <laughs> you don't even know what it I is. was actually being asked interview questions before I recorded that bit. And that is the most words you've put together consecutively. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like two seconds in the interview. That that bit in particular was my favorite bit for like a month. <laughs> and like, I still haven't even picked it. That's was, gonna be this is gonna be great. I'm gonna deliberately pick a terrible and bit. I was just like my next album, like just for pr this purpose, yeah. My next album is gonna just have like one track of me just making noises. So it'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> and then there'll be another interview. And I'm like, you know, when I wrote that piece, <laughs> I, <laughs> I really Zero wanted, opus. yes, I, I really wanted to speak about about the the the, the terrible things that are happening in the world. <laughs> Do like a weird David Attenborough fucking yeah. accent. Yeah. What it really is reflects on. You should you should even call the track use this one on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you just use this one for the podcast. <laughs> it's just you doing like hyena scavenging yeah. sounds. Just just like a little throwaway <laughs> at the end of my album. Like, oh no, my album's like it's like 30 seconds shy of being considered an LP. Okay, well. <laughs> that sounds like uh, gremlins. 
the gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> you got, you're missing Ryan holding up his coffee cup as if he's being interviewed on yes. like Masterpiece Theater or something. <laughs> I know that wasn't an interview show, but but definitely like when, I envision you with the, the library piece behind about you. About gremlins, <laughs> I, I I just wanted to. I had been fed after midnight and gotten wet. <laughs> yes, yes, I was. <laughs> it was after midnight. I I don't even understand why gremlins would adhere to our time. Yeah, I was going to say, how does after midnight? It's not a concept that they would understand is a man-made thing like time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm just poking holes in the gremlins right also, now. Also, how do they stay moist? Because they're, they're still a creature. Everything yeah. on Earth that moves does need water. Am I crazy? Unless they are not from Earth. <laughs> Go on, I'm listening. Where where water is not what they're made of. <laughs> so here's what I here's what I was thinking. The shaggy head gremlin. Here's here's <laughs> what I was thinking. You know what? I was thinking I was and I was still going out in a limb even when I was in this. I was like, well, maybe it's not about midnight. Maybe it's about like the darkness. Don't feed them, you know, when it gets like after dark. But I was like, yeah. well, that doesn't even make sense because like, I like want, it's not like it's not like they only live in the day, and so the the sunlight allows yeah. their system to know that they can be fed because bright light kills them. So so you can't even do a duality with like oh they can't eat in the dark and they and they can't go in the day. Like if if the I don't know what Cooper is barking at, but Alphonic's probably going to cut him out. So it's going to be like what do, you, what do you mean? The dog is barking downstairs, and he's a little dog, so his bark is. Oh, now that you've addressed it, you're going to have to leave it in. I I, I don't get to pick. Alphonic will just clear it out. Well, um, I would like to speak to Alphonic. You may. Mr. Phonic. <laughs> Alphonic? Yeah. Alphonic. Oh, Alphonic? A-U-P-H-O-N-I-C. Yeah, they're not a sponsor, but I, I definitely use their stuff, and I suggest to anybody who's like me, lazy and doesn't know how to do leveling. Sounds so European. Upload the file. Probably is. Hello, my name is Alphonic. Wasn't that a great time for movies, though? Yeah. Pre-internet, the, the gremlins? Because the amount of trolls that would have done exactly, and, and, and way worse than what we just did, which is just like, yeah, how does, how does their body know when it's midnight? Oh, 11.59, you're good. Also, I what, if it, what if it goes, results. you know, over the lips and past the gums? Well, what if that's like at 11.59, but like, what, like, is it when it hits the stomach, the food? Once it mm -hmm. processes through their little lower alien intestines? Mm -hmm. Well, it's got to be something to do with like the sun. <laughs> you think so? I think but midnight is so like, it's it's so depending specific. on where you are, the sun has set hours prior. Yeah. So why would midnight be- What if a gremlin be... goes into another time zone? Right. Was that, would that just fuck everything up? That's what I'm saying. Like at the time, I think it was just kind of like, cause that's what they had to do. Right. I guess, you know what? It, it's clearly a plot device. They're like, how do these things metamorphosize? So it must've been like, okay, well let's have it so that like, you know, if they feed them, it's like, yeah, but they got to eat. It's like, well, what? I don't know. But, but the thing was, it had to be a plot device just cause it's like, oh, but then the clocks are going to go out and then they're going to get fed and it's going to be whoopsies. Like it was really yeah. just a plot device to go whoopsies. Now they're going to change. Yeah. But I just, you'd think that they could come up with a little bit, something more, maybe just don't feed them this. And then some stupid yeah. babysitter feeds them the thing or whatever. Like that, that, that aspect of them, don't feed them. Cause I don't think that don't feed them after midnight. Oh, it did. It did. I was gonna say, I don't think it came into play in the second one, but it did. You know, it, I don't it, remember the, the food court thing or whatever. And they were just eating shit because the food court was open all, all night long or whatever in the office building. Did you not watch them? I have watched them when I was a kid and I don't remember any of it. Really? You haven't, you've never followed back up. I've never, I've never rewatched the movies. I, I, I've looked into one recently. 
I actually not, they didn't look into it. I brought it up recently because I was saying how, like, I just watched the, the Ninja Turtles mutant mayhem movie. And I was saying how, like, if I, 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 a few years ago, I went back and I rewatched the original movies. Mm -hmm. The first one, very dark, very gritty, still holds up, still watchable. The second one, stupid. Like, have you seen them recently or anything like that where those are fresher, the Ninja Turtles movies? Are you talking about the original Turtles and then Secret of the Ooze? Yeah, and then exactly. And then Turtles in Time. But I was only, I was referring specifically in these ones. Like, when I was talking about it, I was just saying the first one was dark and gritty for the 80s. I think it was 89 or something or 90 when it came out. Like, those costumes were pretty fucking badass and pretty believable. Like, it was, it was a... It was, it was a good movie. It was dark. There were scary moments of it. Like it was, it was a, it was a good movie and it echoed clearly more the comics than the, the cartoon show. But the second one was like funny and stupid humor. Like the beginning of it, they're in a toy store and they're, they're squiggling on the guy's face with a, with a nerf bat or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? They're just rubbing like a nerf thing. And the guy's, like, uh, uh, and the guy's like getting attacked and he goes, Buh, puts his hand and goes, uh, and then runs away. I'm like, you've been interacting with a Ninja Turtle and then it going like this. You're, oh, oh, and you're, it's, it's it obvious. was made more for kids. Well, yeah, that's the, like, it's so easy to explain that. Oh, of course. But I'm just saying that, but because they made it for kids rewatching it, there's, there's like, it was very time specific and it just doesn't, it just didn't age well. And so I remember just bringing this up recently saying like the original Gremlins movie was meant to be a scary movie. And I think that like Howie Mandel voiced Gizmo and I don't remember the fucking dog. If the dog's barking in there, guys, I'm sure it'll be so minute that you won't really <laughs> recognize it, but I uh, hope it didn't make it at all. You're, you're, you're having a home invasion right now. Yeah. yeah well, just... yeah, he's no, he's the worst car dog. I come home with groceries. I get everything out of the car and into the kitchen and everything yeah. before he even comes down the stairs. And I'm like, I literally like sing a song when you I come know, in the door. I'm like, it's the world's bad. worst car dog. There he is. Like, <laughs> you know, a, like a bag of groceries could just squish your dog. What's that? A bag of groceries. No, but I'm saying he doesn't even come down the stairs. I'm bringing everything in the front door, leaving it like downstairs in the kitchen. And then finally, like he'll kind of come down to the landing and be like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. I'm like, but when we're already awake and alert and at the front door yeah. and someone knocks, he's like losing his shit. I'm like, I'm already here, dude. This would be the time where like, because when I'm bringing groceries and stuff in, like mm. Crystal can be in her room, the, the the kids can be in their rooms. And it's like, this would be the time to alert somebody that someone's coming in the door or at least come and check. Mm. Instead, when I'm already at the door with the person, that's when you bark and won't shut up. It's like, dude, shut up. I'm talking to this person. I'm like, dude, worst time. You come down, bark and they're like, oh, it's you. And then you go away. If I'm at the door and I answer it, guess what? I let them in. It's cool. Shut up. Anyways. My point is that the second Gremlins movie, the new batch was more for kids was I, I, well, I remember it being more lighthearted and funny. Like there was literally one yeah. with googly eyes and fucking <laughs> like yeah. it was just, you know, and it was the, they start drinking potions and they're turning it into all sorts of different kinds of mutated versions and whatever. Yeah. But it was like one of them was a woman drinks it and then becomes a woman yeah, transgender right. potion that would, that would come in handy nowadays for people uh, struggling with identity issues. Sadly, not just a thing where you can drink a potion and change, but it, I just, it looked way more cartoony, but because the first gremlins movie was meant to be scary and whatever, yeah. I think it just held up a little bit better. So the humor in it was more like, you know, comic relief in the sense, just break tension as opposed to like, Hey, let's just make every scene funny and stupid. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? So anyways, I don't know. Just just based on what we were talking about. Yeah, Gremlins got a lot of airtime on this fucking it's just, podcast. It's, it's really just the, you know, the first movie, be it Turtles or Gremlins, they're like, yeah, yeah, just do whatever you want with it. And then when they realize they have a hit on their hands, so yeah. the second one's like, all right, well, we, we need to squeeze out as much money as possible. So yeah. we got to make, we got to like, you know, tone it down, make it more family friendly so we can get like more, more movie tickets sold. Yeah. And then that's, that's where that comes from. It's, it's all money. It's, it's funny too, because like a, just a, a recent example of how the opposite can be true too, is when Deadpool came out, right? You had the superhero movie and they're like, it's R rated. And they're like, yeah. oh, but, but what about the, and it wasn't Marvel's decision, right? Fox. No, but the Fox thing is did the, that, that was like De- Deadpool, the comics was that. So like yeah. trying to dumb it down for kids is going against the source material. Right. But a lot of times they're like, well, then we just won't pick that, that character. Yeah, that's you know what, what they were doing until like the the test footage leaked. Yeah, and then everyone was like, "We want this." Yeah, I saw that that test footage, and then like it's still years later the movie came yeah. out. But but the whole thing was it proved like, oh, you can make an R rated superhero movie and make lots of money. Yeah, and and then that's when they finally for Logan gave Wolverine an R rated movie. Yeah, to give him the chance to fuck people up the way we've wanted to see them fucked up for yeah. a long time. Guys got claws and we're not watching shit go through heads and yeah. jaws and shit and like that. And now they're working together. <laughs> right? So that that makes sense. It's like, okay, and and you know, for Deadpool 3, which is now apparently getting delayed or something like that, or I guess writer's strike. How do you start filming a movie before it's done being written? Ryan, these are the these are the interview questions. How do you start? How do you not Oh, that's that's what you have written down on your sheet of paper? No, okay. I don't have any other view. I'm writing down the time so I know where to put your fucking material. I'm just saying it's interesting when they're like, like they want to do something. I heard some some comic talking on satellite radio. I don't even think he was a comic. I think he was an actor. I don't think it was Tim Minchin, but somebody was talking about how like in North America, it's like, it's like one of the only places where all these producers and everything like that, like say no to taking risks all the time. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, oh, we want to make the money back. So go with this face and that thing. And person looking I, for a sure thing. Yeah. I really don't think it was Russell Brand. I really don't think it was Russell Brand. But but the person was saying, like, everywhere else, it's like, let's let's use actors that people don't know. Why not? Like, not that that's the deliberate reason. They're like, we want to try this new thing. It's like, well, that's that's you're selling art to people and entertainment. Yeah. It's like, well, with art, you know, you want to innovate and try new things. And he's just saying, like, it's crazy to me that like in North America, everything is about like, oh, well, that's not safe and that's too risky. And then it's like, but that's you know? Yeah. And every now and again, you have something like a Deadpool movie where it's like, okay, let's fucking roll the dice and make an R rated. And it's like, oh, super smash hit. Like, yeah. you know, but then they fucked up on the second one. I don't know about you. We're just talking movies now. Are you okay with that? That's fine. Okay. So I don't know about you, but on the second Deadpool movie, stupid. I thought it was stupid. I thought the jokes were all, I thought the first one was Ghostbusters and the second one was Ghostbusters answer the call. With the, with the ladies. So now instead of the jokes being funny and, and, and clever and things like that, now everything is about him having like a little, little baby hands and shoving electric wires up juggernaut's ass and things like that. Everything's an ass joke and a dick joke and, and stupid, goofy, awkward. Oh, it's mama. Yeah. I'm going to jerk off. Like it, it, it became like if I just recently watched answer the call after watching Ghostbusters and I was like. The, the funny jokes in Ghostbusters, the originals weren't sex jokes and they weren't awkward humor. Some of it was a little awkward, but there was just a lot of just really funny lines. Like, okay, I think we should split up. And then Bankman's like, yes, that's right. We can do more damage that way. You know what I mean? Just, just funny little quips that kept everything lighthearted and, and, and fun. 
that's what I found the second Deadpool be. And the reason being is that I think I've mentioned this on my podcast, like just the regular one man podcast before is that the producers or whatever, and the director didn't see eye to eye. So like the first Deadpool movie was supposed to be like a love story, right? He loves her. He wants to get back together with her. He's just trying to be with this woman. They're like, we'll make it like this funny love story. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, the second one needs to be something different. And they're like, no, the same thing again. Right. So they went from taking a risk to like, no, like that worked. Let's do that again. And it's like, he's going to be in love with her again and trying. And it's just like, and it just didn't work. It wasn't. Yeah. I really didn't enjoy the second one. Did you like the second one? Second one was all right. Yeah. I I enjoyed scenes when they're coming out of the plane and everyone's getting annihilated. Yeah. I thought that was very funny. I I enjoyed some of the characters, really didn't care much for that kid. The whole movie. I just, I didn't give a shit about this kid. Is he from something? Is he a child actor for other things? Like he just. Nothing about that kid that I like. Oh, I don't know. And so to give up everything to save him, I had a really hard time getting behind that. You mean like the character or like the actor? Well, the the uh, the character, I guess. But I also found the little actor child. Like I didn't. I don't. The way Hollywood is, I didn't. I didn't get why they picked this kid. So unless he's like he's like just that Hansel is so hot right now. Like if that kid is in everything, if it was like oh we're gonna get Tom Holland to play yeah. this young kid or. What's that one? Bella Ramsey, who's in like everything now. She's in The Last of Us. And like, if you get some kid that's like, oh yeah, they're 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 just hot in everything right now. They just do well. Yeah. But I'm like, who the fuck is this kid? I right. Don't, I don't know. Answer me, Ryan. I'm I like, don't. I don't know who that kid is. You you disappoint me time after time. Yeah. I, I, I love when we're talking movies, and this is so out of my wheelhouse. Oh, you're not a movies guy? No, not at all. Oh, I'm sorry, pal. Really, you don't like movies? Like I've I've watched. A lot of Marvel movies, okay. and that's really it. Like, I don't watch TV or movies. I see. Really? Really? Yeah. So what do you do when you get a fucking video game that's based on a movie or something? I watch the the movie. To play the game? No, I watch the movie to see how, like, how close to the source material they... Like, I watched The Last of Us, the series. Yeah. Because I know the game and I just wanted to see how they interpreted it. Yeah. I've, I've, I've had this conversation. I don't think I've said, I've said some stuff on the podcast, but what did you think of the series? I thought it was, it was good. I liked it. Game's way better. Well, it's uh, apples and oranges. They're different. You think so? Yeah. I don't know. The game you're, you're mowing through like hundreds of of enemies and like no i and i get that and that's that's always what people say well it's a game you're killing something i'm like listen i got no complaints with how many zombies are in the show i yeah. i i didn't like character differences i didn't like 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 the show takes about nine hours to get through and the mm-hmm. game takes about nine hours to get through and every time they gave an hour to characters that that didn't matter or they like or like or characters that mattered because you were with you when you were with joel and ellie yeah then I'm like, well, yeah, they, they matter. They're adding to this world, but we just spent an hour, you know, and this is, I'm going to sound like an internet troll, but my, my listeners know. So just for your self context, the whole bill and Frank episode, I'm like, I don't, I didn't have a problem with that story on its own. I'm yeah. not like, oh, I did why the gay guys. I don't care. I, I thought it was a very nice story. Mm-hmm. However, that whole story exists for our characters in the TV series only exists. So that at the end of the episode, he can go, Hey, Joel, when you care about someone, protect them. Yeah. I'm like, well, that was a waste of an hour with our protagonists to beat the audience over the head with a message. Like, yeah, we get it. 
they're right. Like the same way in that very first episode where they showed the little flash of, of him and Sarah, when they're pointing the gun at him and Ellie, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, we don't need you to spoon feed us that, the, the, the duality of it. We're going to get yeah. it over the course of the story. So we got one episode where, where we get that the next episode starts and it's like, Hey, you know, me and Joel, we're not good people, Ellie. We're not good people. Then at the end of the episode with no real events happening, Joel, we save as many as we can. That's what we do. We save as many as we, okay. okay, So what you just said at the beginning, like an hour ago means nothing. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden we need to save everybody. The next episode, we see two, two gay lovers that protect each other through the, and life is worth living in this thing, whatever. Joel, Joel, if you love someone, protect them. I'm like, I am over this show beating me over the head with the simplest of concepts right now. I go, all of the things that we experienced in the game up into that point, like, like when Ellie and Bill were fighting all the time, Joel had to separate them, which yeah. put him into a parental position of, Hey, knock it off. Stop bothering him. You two knock it off. Yeah. Like it forced him back into kind of a parental thing, which is like, you know, unearthing sort of that dynamic of his to also, it forced Joel to look at somebody who cared only about surviving mm-hmm. and how he lost the only person that meant something to him because his need for survival was bigger than his need to foster the relationship, Mm. right? Building those walls around his heart, you know, pushed away the only person that loved him. Like these were all important narratives that made Joel and Ellie's time together more meaningful. The show wiped all of those out. So I have a really hard time being like, yeah, the show was good. And they're apples to oranges. I'm like, they are apples to oranges because the, the, the writers and directors decided that telling stories that have nothing to do with our two main characters were more important to waste episodes with than to, to spend that time. So that when, when the monumental things happen between them that happen in the game, like they go back to word for word verbatim of the game. They're not as meaningful because it's like, I'm like, I think we've been 20 minutes of screen time with them. Whereas at that point in the game, we'd spent four or five hours with them, the two of them together and really build their bonds. That was, I, I, I don't mean to beat a dead horse for my audience, but I, I thoroughly did not, did not understand or, or value the changes that they made. I, you'll never hear me bitch that there wasn't enough zombie killing. I get it. It's a show. It's not a game. We don't need to be running around killing zombies. I, I take no issue with the lack of zombies. Mm-hmm. It was the narrative choices because it changed the experiences that the characters had. Joel, Ellie saved Joel for the first time when they were in Billstown When he gets caught in the snare and he's hanging upside down. She's the one cutting him down. Yeah. You know what I mean? So she had even saved him a few times before certain things had happened. And all of that just never existed in the show. And, and I found it a little odd that like, just as a small example to that episode where those guys, when they first get to the Raiders town or whatever it is, and he kills a few people. And then there's that young guy with the knife. He's like, don't, don't kill me. Don't kill me. And he's like, don't look Ellie. And then he goes over and he kills this kid anyways, who clearly is a young kid. He's just doing with what the people he was with went right. Begging for his life. But then that night, right. It's, I think it's the next episode or the next day or whatever, but like within a 24 hour period. He, he sneaks up on that sniper who was actively taking pot shots at them, trying to kill them. You know, he looks at the sniper guy and goes, don't like, he's trying to spare his life. And he's like, don't do it. Don't make me. And it's like, like they, they couldn't even decide whether they wanted Joel to, to be hard and have a soft spot or not. Cause I'm like, if any, if he had tried to spare anybody, it should have been the kid. Cause he still turns around. Oh, someone as young as you shouldn't have to see these things and deal with these. It's like, well, you just murdered a kid, dude. But now you have empathy for the old guy who's at the end of life, who actively knows what he's doing. He's literally, he, if he could have let you go and whatever, I, I didn't like that. They did a lot of that in the show. And all of that was like, you're not consistent with the character. You're not consistent with, with the storytelling. Anyways, I'm sorry. I'm doing all the talking, but 
I, I, I didn't hate the show. They made changes that I felt were unnecessary and didn't tell a better story as a result of those changes. I felt like they actually took away. I think that the director and the writers were like, Hey, we already know the story of the game. And most of the people that watch it are going to be, you know, the game players. So let's just give them all backstories on people and things that we didn't, didn't have in the game. We didn't need to know backstory on Bill and Frank. We didn't need to know backstory on these Raider people. Oh, Henry and Sam had my father kill. Like, doesn't matter. In The Walking Dead, you can go to a town. It's just, they're just bad people. Did you ever play the game and go, huh, I wonder how these people got to that state? Or do we like, okay, watch out for them. They're killing people. You know, you fucking asshole. You're just staring at me stoically. I, I don't know. I, I feel like we've opened a weird can of worms here with, with The Last of Us. It's one that just bothered me. And every time someone's like, oh, it was good. I'm like, really? I'm like, did you play the games? Like there was a big dynamic thing that happened in the second, in, in the first season between Tommy, Tommy. I mean, again, I'm spoiling certain things. I'm not really saying how they go down, but if you watch the show, it's like, you know, there's a bill episode and Frank episode, you know, there's whatever. Tommy tells Joel something that vastly changes what they can do with him in the second season. Because something happens in the second game that if Tommy was in this particular situation, he never would have been able to do. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you think of that? Just them introducing that because that's going to really change what they can do with that story. I, I'm kind of curious to see where they go with it. Yeah? Yeah. Safe answer. <laughs> safe answer. I don't know. I, I don't. I think that. I'm, I'm, I'm not here to just, you know criticize oh, what, you're people, a sweetheart. what what people <laughs> like want to do with their with their you know franchise their that's fair material like they they can do whatever they want with it i'm just gonna sit there and just be like okay sure <laughs> you you want to do this with it okay that's fine <laughs> that's fine i mean like there's still this other thing that exists that you know the original where right right that that, that we're familiar with and i'm like okay if you want to just change it like is that how you felt about it like okay if you want to change like did you feel like okay thank god there's the original i i feel that way about a lot of things okay. where it it's like you you just i just accept it no amount of complaining is going to do me any good that is true no amount of just like why would you don't guess why would you why would you fucking you know change this thing because it's different than the thing that i originally liked and watched and and now you're just like you're you're ruining everything and like I hate I hate all these people and they're like they're ruining the things I like I'm like yeah <laughs> that's it's a better it's a healthier position I think I definitely like I'm I'm certainly like I'm, I have conversations with my my internet friends all the time yeah. where I'm like I like like new new takes on things yeah I think what bothered me about that was like is for starters. It's, I think it's kind of a shame that the source material is a video game because I'm like, there's just certain people. I, I like the story a lot. Yeah. And so part of it was like, I, I was excited to have the show because I'm like, now people who don't play video games can get, get, yeah get into this story. And I think that's great. The second game really won me over with what was going on. Cause I'm like, that was awesome storytelling and they didn't glorify shit. They, mm-hmm. they were like bad things happen when you follow these particular paths. Yeah. And I really liked and respected that storytelling. And so when the show was coming out, I was like, oh my God, we're, people are going to get an opportunity to see it. And I'm like slight variations, whatever, tell, tell a TV again, we're not, they're not playing video games. So it's not going to be identical. 
what bothered me though was like if you're going to take a, a big step away from the game then take a big step away from the game mm-hmm. i didn't like that every episode they would come back to a part where you get a good 30 seconds where every single word back and forth is exact verbatim dialogue from the game i'm like no no no. you already left the game you you went all the way over here so this interaction was based on things that happened that didn't happen in your show and stuff like that. So I'm like, I'm like, if you're trying to bullshit me that this, oh, look, it's the same because remember when they said that thing, I didn't like that. I'm like, if you're going to leave it, leave it right. Reimagine it. Don't, don't try to be like, oh no, but it's the same as the game. Cause remember when they said that and it's like, no, fuck you. Like that's, I guess like you're, you're, you're out, you are 100% right where you're like, yeah, it's your thing. If you want to change it, go ahead. That's the best. That's the best way to look at yeah. it. I guess um, it's it's really up to me whether or not I, I I accept it or not. Yeah. Or no, it's like I'll accept it as just a matter of whether or not I care for it. Right. And you know, I know there are things that I like where they've been changed, and I'm just like, well, <laughs> I don't like this now, so I just don't bother with it. Yeah. I. Do you watch scary movies at all? You don't really watch movies at all, right? Is it safe to, to assume then that you haven't seen the new it movies? Oh yeah. I have not. You have not seen them? No? Too scary or No, I just I I can't sit and just watch something unless like I'm either controlling it or if it's something that's like really relevant to my interests. Okay. I don't like scary movies. I don't really care for them. Yeah. Like I don't understand why a human would want to feel scared you like roller coasters yeah there you go same idea it's controlled like it's controlled like chaos like you get on the roller coaster because you know you're going to be scared but you also know you're safe it's the same as a scary movie like you're going to be scared you're safe but you're going to be scared it's identical it's 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 pulling out a human emotional reaction in in a controlled environment that's, that's honestly what it is. Oh, okay. So if you like roller coasters, just know that people are getting that same, like, yeah. like when you get that little, just little shot of adrenaline from a jump scare or whatever it is, like, you know, it's even like tension in a joke, right? When we can yeah. manipulate people where they're like, what the fuck is he going to say? And then we give them the punchline yeah. that just releases that laughter, like building that tension creates a more satisfying release and horror movies have have some of the best of that action movies can really do it with some really intense scene like they're building up adrenaline yeah. right so essentially that's that's the same as the horror movies like, rather than the excitement my, it's my the idea fear. of it is like why do i want to be like fictionally scared when reality is scary right like it's uh... it's fair the only thing with reality being scary is you don't get to turn around and go like well at least thank god it's not real like that was scary but holy fuck at least it's not real because you've played i'm sure you played horror games yeah from time to time yeah so it's like it's it is fun to be scared in the moment be like oh thank god that's not a real thing whereas like the shit that you can pull up in the real world and you're like wow not only is that horrific yeah infinitely more horrific than a fucking story about a killer nun Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like I can't do anything to, to change it. So just, it's just great to know that this horrible thing fucking exists and there's nothing I can do about it. Whereas at least, at least for entertainment purposes, you can take yourself on a little thrill ride, horror, fear, suspense, whatever, and then be like, Oh, that's not real. Thank God. You know what I mean? It's Stephen King. I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this in the podcast, but this, this is something he wrote a long time ago because prior to Grand Theft Auto and violent video games, Stephen King used to take a lot of shit 
for, you know, violence in society and the people who write scary books and all this, they're the ones responsible. And he wrote an article saying that within all of us lives beast, you know, something that, you know, bloodlust effectively that, that needs to be fed the, the, the inner parts of our, our instincts and our, our, you know, whatever our past, our, our history, our savages. And he basically said that like, when you watch, you know, scary movies, when you read scary books, when you play violent video games, you're feeding that beast, not to make it grow, but you're giving it what it's, what it, what it wants. And it's the people that are never allowed to see any of that stuff or do any of those things that are generally the ones that are going to go out and actually do it in reality because they're never getting that itch scratched. So if you can scratch it superficially, it's better to, 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 to do that in such a way. It's like, it's like watching reality TV where it's like, why do I want to watch a show where it's just people screaming at each other and getting in each other's faces. It's like, you, it's that conflict that, that mm-hmm. fucking, okay, there's that aggression, whatever. Like you're, you'd rather watch two other people fight. UFC is just gladiatorial. So he even said like back in the day, there was like the gladiator games and stuff like that. People didn't have to go killing each other because you can go and watch the violence percent. Now that was real, but it was two people amongst thousands so that it wasn't everybody just attacking everybody else. But they're saying that anger, that bloodlust, whatever it's like, that's, it's just, we literally have the term venting, right? When someone's like, oh, you're just venting. It's like, yeah, you're letting off the the pressure, getting it out of you, yeah. right? So if you're getting it out of you in a healthy, productive way versus whatever. So I just, I don't remember finding that article particularly interesting because it's like, yeah, like you, you know, it's fucking, I've never, I've never wanted to put my hands on another person and harm them in my life. I've never wanted to hurt somebody, mm-hmm. but there's a part of me when I'm playing games and I'm just like, fuck yeah, get them, get them, get them. It's like, you're letting that shit, like, have you ever been that way? Yeah, you've never struck me as a violent person at all. But do you ever get fucking jazzed up when you're fucking beating the shit out of money in like a Spider-Man game or something? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, my point is that that kind of stuff exists in us. We have the control to be like, I would never go out and do it. But it's yeah. like, but if you can blow off that scene, because if you're the kind of person who just pent up anger, you know what I mean? And yeah. just like, you just have no, it's an, it's an outlet that doesn't hurt anybody. That's the long form version of me saying like, that's what the horror movie is. Is like, it's like, yes, it's getting that, that fear, that adrenaline, your heart going, whatever, mm-hmm. but nobody died for real. Nobody had to get hurt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's fake. Whereas the real world shit just, just sometimes is fucking heartbreaking. But all that was to say that, yes, a video game guy, you brought up, you know, playing the last of us before the show. I think you make an excellent point. I'm actually, believe it or not, going to try to adopt your, your philosophy on it, which is just. It's not my thing. It's yours. Yeah. Do with it what you want. I think what really disappointed me was I've never, after playing the second Last of Us, and I and I, I will watch the second season to see what they do with it. But after playing the second game, I'd never played a game, a video game before where I'm like, I have to play this for other people. Like I need other people to see the story. This is crazy. It's so like, so compelling. I was at the point where I'm like, I think I played it for like a week straight, which I don't do anymore. I try to work and stuff, but I was like, I had to know what was going to happen. Yeah. So I was like, I was just like, I, I just played it like, like as much as I could. Yeah. I think even it was maybe during the pandemic. So there was nothing I had to do, but I was just literally just like, I'm playing this game and this game alone, like until I'm done. So I found it so compelling. I like the storytelling. There's the, the, the hole in your heart. It leaves at the end. And you're just like, mm-hmm. wow, that was fucked. I was like, I have to play. So I actually went to my mom's house and I was like, mom, you got to know something. Before you can do this, you got to see the first game. So. Yeah, I gave my mom the shocker. Is that what that is? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, you got to see this. And and so we played through the first game in a, in a couple of days. Like, she didn't sit there all day, but with two, three hours. And I'm like, okay, I'll come over to my PlayStation again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know? And 
And then once we got, you know, a good way into the second game, it was like, she was, she was enjoying the story, but, but when she, it was her doing like, Hey, you know, you know, why don't you come in the morning and we'll have more time to get through. Like she was interested in it. She watches yeah. walking dead and watched the Sopranos and stuff. Yeah. But so when the show came out too, she was like, yeah. And this yeah. same with Crystal, she's not a video gamer. Crystal, because of her cerebral palsy, can't play video games. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think for me was, this was a story. It's not a new story. I've said this before, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles, rain, man, due date, identity theft. Like there's a million stories of two people who are at odds, fucking God of war, the new ones, right? Two people who aren't close, go on a journey, become closer as a result. There's not a new story. But it was just the way that the story was told, the, the backdrop, everything like that. I found it really, I really, really enjoyed that game. And I thought, what a great way to tell a story. Like we've done zombies to death, whatever. The story was from back in 2013. So for a lot of people like, oh yeah, 2023, we started watching the show. It's like, it's already 10 years old, the story. Yeah. But I really enjoyed how they did it. And then the second one came out, I was like, wow. And then, so when the story, the, the show was like, it's announced the second game, I think had, had just been the point where everyone who's buying it has already played it and it's now the show's coming Mm -hmm. i was like this is a great opportunity to share this story with people who haven't seen it and so my issue while you're correct or at least while you you have the healthiest mindset it's like hey don't bitch that they change things that that happens sometimes Mm -hmm. my disappointment comes in the way they told the story in the game not not because it's a video game a lot of people like well it's a video game it's gonna be different listen the video game has you killing zombies all the time because that's the point of the game. The story keeps you wanting to move forward. Mm-hmm. The story, they don't need to kill zombies. It's a TV show. We're watching it. Yeah. So it should be the story that's playing for it. I found that they really just took away the, the dynamic. Everyone who I knew who, who saw the game watching saying Ellie's really unlikable. And I mean, she was very likable in the, in the game. You know what I mean? It was cool that she had a toughness, but she had a, a softness and a curiosity and childness to her. Mm. Whereas this one, you know, it's like four episodes in and then she like reads out of her pun book. It's the first time she's anything other than cunty. You know what I mean? So everyone's like, she's just not likable. I'm like, yeah, but that, and that's not Ellie. Ellie is not this unlikable person. So I just think as much as it's theirs and they can do whatever they want, I was really disappointed because I'm like, now people who don't play video games will have an opportunity to be exposed to the story and slight variations. I, you know, again, it's not mine, but I am disappointed that, that, you know, if someone's talking to me about the game, I go, one of my favorite stories I've ever played in a video game. And if they're like, yeah, there's a show. I'm like, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Like it, it would be quite honestly, like, yeah, you're not a movies guy. So it's really hard to say, but I, I will try to understand. Well, I, I went to go see, so do you see that, that set on the top shelf there, the yellow box? That's Stephen King's The Dark Tower series. Okay. I'm, yeah, <laughs> this is out of. No, that's fine. And, and, as it should be. And I, I read those, like I, 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 I wasn't a big reader when I was young, but I, I read some Stephen King books and I, I read those. Those were my favorite books. Because it's like, think like Lord of the Rings, but with like better twists, it's not medieval, but it's like, it's like if, if you had a medieval setting and only instead of knights, you had gunslingers. So think like you got like red dead, but, but in like this, like medieval hierarchy sort of way. Like, so instead of a, a king having knights, a king had gunslingers and they were the fucking, they were the, it's, it's a fantasy world. It's great. It's not dragons and stuff like that. It's literally about like a dying world and another story where the very first book is the gunslinger and it's Roland, the last gunslinger and this kid from earth somehow ends up in his world and it's the two of them chasing the man in black. It's a simple story. 
The second book has more characters introduced. It's almost like them building their fellowship. The story is fascinating. The duality of, of the characters. It's a great, great series. I'm, I'm about five books in. I've never finished it, but the movie came out and Id- Idris Elba plays role in the gunslinger. Matthew McConaughey plays the man in black. The story in the movie has nothing like, like 90%, 95%, nothing to do with the book. And I'm watching this and I go, where the fuck are these characters that they're not, they're not mentioned? They never existed. And it was just like, like everything about it was nothing to do with the book. Like I'm 75% of the way into the series. And the only thing that's there is that there's Roland and Jake and the man in black, like everything else, nothing to do with the stuff. So disappointing for something again that I just mentioned. So, but you, but you're right. It's not, it's not mine to decide what they do with it, Yeah. but it, it is kind of like, again, do you, do you play the Hobbit or watch the Hobbit? I'm just going to keep giving examples until I find something, you know, no. I just, I was saying even about how, like at this point, if you look at the Hobbit book, I, I probably said this on the podcast years ago, but I remember watching the first Hobbit movie. And then when it went to the end and got to be to be continued, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? What do you mean to be continued? And I was, and then I looked it up online. And it's like, there are going to be three of them. I'm like three of them. It's the smallest fucking book out of all of them. And it's going to get three, it's going to get a three movie treatment. I was like the amount of stuff, everything in the book pretty much gets used up in the first movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, literally this is Peter Jackson writing to Lord of the Rings fan fiction fucking yeah. movies. I wasn't angry. I'm sure it was entertaining, but at this point you're not watching J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit. Yeah. It's like a reimagining of, of stuff. I don't know. Onesies, if you guys are listening, contact at onemanpodcast.com. Send me an email. Tell me what you think of this. I, I, I really like, no worries. I like nowhere to lie. I, I find it very admirable, your take on it. And I think that, I think that I, I mean, a lot of fucking nerds of any kind, games, movies, TV, yeah. books, whatever would, would, you know, take some solace and just kind of like being like, it's theirs. The thing that I loved is there. It's just, it's like I said, the only thing for me is when, when you love something, you want to share it with other people. And then when they think, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go play the game. I'll just yeah. watch the show. And you're like, oh, but you're, but, but that's not the experience well, I'm the, referring the, to. The, the, the reason why I, I feel like that with the last of us is the fact that one of the co-creators, Neil Druckmann, mm-hmm. he was the one that he was working. He was a consultant on, yeah, the whole on time the sh- on the show. Yeah. So it's like, okay, this is your thing. You can do whatever you want with it, and I want to like I'm I'm interested to see what you do, what you do, changing the medium from the video game to the TV show. Like yeah. when you get something that the the original creators and like the original direction is all and like the IP is just given to some somebody different, yeah, and then they do whatever they want with it. That's when I start to get all nerdy and just be like, hey, you, you can't fucking do that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. You know? Hey, give it back. Yeah. Give it back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't like, I was, I was, um, I think that was the thing too, is, is, is expectations and then disappointment. Yeah. So because Druckmann was the consultant on it. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's actually going to be okay. Yeah. Like they won't take it and fucking yeah. ruin it. They're going to do a good job because Druckmann is, this is, is what there. You want and then to be, yeah. yeah. And then, and then, and that's where I thought too, like he had made some changes to things. So like, I actually championed him for the last of us part two, the game, mm-hmm. because I was saying that like, I don't like when, I don't like when a movie that already exists comes out 
and they're like, oh, we're going to change it though. We're going to change, we're going to make the character black or we're going to make the character a woman. Or we're just going to take the same story and just put someone else in. It feels very pandering. I'm, I'm, I'm I feel open. it's like, no, no, please, please. It's 2023. That thing, that's just to be expected. All right. Yes. Go on. Uh, well, that's the thing. It to be expected hundred percent. Yeah. I'm just saying that I don't, um, I don't look at it like progressive only because I think it's like, it's like the dollar thing. Like, Oh, let's pander. And let's just, I think they want this. So let's do that. And I'm like, I think inclusivity is in very, is very, very important. I really truly do. And that's why when you look at the last of us part two, the characters on it are super multicultural, right? Even the enemies, the enemies are multicultural. Mm-hmm. You've got a lesbian protagonist. You've got like all sorts of different characters in the game that are not white. Right. And it represents the world that we live in. And what I liked about that is this is a new story. So you can put, you can make it more like the world we have today. Yeah. Right. So the issue I take is like, there's lots of opportunity to make new things and make them progressive, which is important. I think it's great to do that. Mm. I, I find, and I find that more genuine and authentic than just taking something that already exists, unplugging one thing, plugging a different thing and going, look, progress. And I go, that story was already told. And guess what? That story is a period story. At that time, this, like, that wasn't the thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's almost like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to sound like a, like a terrible person because again, I, I believe in, in equality and, and, and progressiveness. So I championed Druckmann for that in The Last of Us Part Two. I was like, what a great, you made a, you made a new story and you made it inclusive and there's no one to ever complain that, oh, this character wasn't that. This. Yes, they were. They always were from the moment they were created. It was, that's what it was. Yeah. That was the story. And so I really liked that. And that's why I thought, hey, the, the show's going to be in good hands with him. And then when, when they went in different directions with, with, with characters and themes and moments, I just didn't understand it. And they did these like little five minute interviews at the end of the episodes. And I remember there was one at the beginning of the, the Frank and, and, or well, at the end of the Frank and, and Bill episode where Druckmann's literally looking at the camera and he goes, you know, we made the decision that when we were going to change the story, we would only make changes to the story when it makes it better. And it was like, that was him like throwing to this episode. And you heard my argument about how it's like, it's a love story and it was great. It was nice. You yeah. know, it would have been, it would have been absolutely great to, to learn that these two characters love each other. It was like, that's what a beautiful story of mm-hmm. post, you know, but how does that make Joel's interaction with them, which now never happened? Mm-hmm. How does that grow our protagonist and mm-hmm. his journey? It doesn't. Now, so even that argument about oh, when it makes it better, it didn't. It's well, the, the argument there is there's a difference between, you know, their intention to make it better, mm-hmm. but you know, and the end result, and the end result. So it's like they they probably you know were like we're like oh this is going to be a great idea. We I'm like I'm we're for it. We want to try this out. People will love it. And then they they executed it, yeah. and then there's like, oh, we were wrong. <laughs> oh yeah, or, or you know, you, you, that's that's the stuff that happens. It would have been you try like that's the yeah. whole risk reward thing. And like, I would rather have the the person who was in charge of the original, you know, if they want to take that risk, so be it. Right. I, I, I do agree with that. It's yeah. why not the person who gave you the story you love yeah. take chances. What, what I honestly, in my heart of hearts, I feel like Druckmann has been so last of us, last of us for the last 10 years mm-hmm. that he's like, I don't want to just tell that story again. Mm-hmm. I'd like to expand. 
Yeah. The only problem is that instead of like expanding and then still giving us the, 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 the mm-hmm. skeletal structure and muscular structure of the story, it actually took, we got nine hours to tell the game story. Now we have nine hours to tell this thing. And instead of that hour with Joel and Ellie that we needed to, to love and care about them more, we spend an hour with two people who now don't really matter that much to the story. Mm-hmm. And that was the part that I'm like, like if you added it, fine. It does add, it expands. The only thing is that you took out, you, you stole from something that was more important mm-hmm. and gave it to something that, that sure, it was a nice little story in and of itself, mm-hmm. but in terms of this journey that Joel and Ellie are on, does it add, does it add much? No, because Joel and Ellie never experienced any of that, that they had, right? It's just a note saying, if you care about someone, you know, and he'd be like, like, think of how easy Joel's character could just ah, they were in love and fucking they died together, whatever right on onward and upward, no real lesson learned for him at all. So that's where I was like, dude, you had a responsibility to grow your, your protagonists. And instead you wanted to expand on the other shit that maybe you didn't get to tell in your game. I think that if they had showed that story of the love or whatever, and really let that set in and how much love and they found each other, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then he left bill because of, of his, you, know, you only want to survive. Like they even had that scene where he kicks down the door and walks out on the street. You're like, oh, here it comes. Here's their breakup. Mm-hmm. Right. And it just didn't happen. And I'm like, okay, well, well now there's no lesson because Bill could have said, look, Joel, for the longest time, Frank begged me to just, you know, this and that. And I didn't listen because I was more concerned about surviving. Yes, I loved him, but I just wanted to survive. I was more important protected. I pushed him away, whatever that would have been enough, even a five fucking minute conversation at the end of the episode to give him more than just, Hey, when you love someone, protect them. I'm like, yeah, he's been told this twice already, but for, for a little food for thought in, in the second episode where they're just running through the thing and they're taking on the clickers and everything like that, that episode I found to be the most like the game in terms of like what happens and everything beat for beat or whatever. I found that to be the most like the game. That was the only episode that Neil Druckmann directed. So if that gives you any idea of like when he was helming the episode, it really was mm-hmm. on par with the game and, and gives you, they didn't have Fedra people in the, the building at the end. I don't care. They don't need to be there. That was just an opportunity for you to shoot some guards on your way out, right? A video game thing. But all we needed to know is that she was gone and she was, she was begging him to keep going. That was the plot. That was a that was test necessary. by the way, Tess. Spoiler alert. I was trying to make it ambiguous, but <laughs> oh. yeah, but yeah, for anyone who hasn't, I'm sorry, who hasn't even watched it or played the game, like you're late to the party. If at this point you're like, Hey, spoiler alert. Uh, if the last hour of me talking about this hasn't given you enough, yeah. should we go to your bits? Your oh, material? Yes. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's please just, just throw it to one of my bits. No, I'm just, I, 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 I guess that's so we're, we're normally it's like, Hey, it's your thing. I think that just overall, I, I was really hoping that for someone who didn't have like, you know, nine hours to buy a PlayStation and play through the game, mm-hmm. it would have been cool to say, Hey, jump on HBO, watch the show. That's the story. Would you ever tell someone, don't, don't play the game. Just watch the show. Would I ever say that? Yeah. No. If someone's like, I could play the game or should I just watch the show? What would you say? I'd say do both. Which one's first? Well, the game, obviously, cause it came first, mm. but I mean, not everyone plays video games. There are people that just can't. Who are these people? <laughs> just, just like oh, I don't like video games, <laughs> right? And then and so they get the show, and then and then you get to just bicker with them over the changes and 
It wasn't just, like that in the beginning. No, no, and I, and I wouldn't. I would just, I would just be honestly. It's like it's it's a glorified version of of ah, the book was better. You know what I mean? The and I think a lot of the things of the book is more time. You can take your time, read it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't have to absorb you, it in one sitting. That's the thing too with books. You can uh, you can consume them at whatever speed but, you want. Whereas a movie, you're expected to just start the, and finish all book, at once. With a book, everything is to your imagination. Right. So you're the one that's creating the picture. And like you know, you watch a movie based on a book, and you're like, "This wasn't the same picture I had in my, in my head. head yeah. How dare you not go into my head and take the idea I had and put it on the screen?" Hundred percent. Which is actually one of the reasons I loved reading Stephen King books because I was telling somebody the names. Like with a Stephen King book, the guy wrote environments and descriptions and stuff. Like his books were like nine hundred pages long. The first hundred pages, you're just learning about your main character. You know what I mean? But I'm like saying like the guy would have five, six pages in a row just describing the room that the guy was sitting in so that you really are in what his vision of, of this space is like. And that's what, I mean, you read a goosebumps book, it's a hundred pages and you got the whole story, but in a Stephen King book, it's like the first hundred pages. I'm like, okay, I know this character. I know his past. I know what he's like. I know what his likes and dislikes are. You know what I mean? I, I know so much about him that, that now I can go along in the journey. And I, when something happens, I already know how he's going to respond to that. Like I know the gravity of it because I know so much about him or whatever, which is why actors are always like, I don't want to know what happens to this character. I want to know what they've gone through. Like, let me know what they've already experienced so I can embody that. I need to know who they are, not who they're going to be. And it's, I like that about, about books is that it gives you enough. So I'm sure that's probably why all the Stephen King movies get shit on like all the ones back in the days, because like the, the, the rights were probably sold off so cheap. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. Make a Tommy knockers movie or whatever. But, but yeah, you you won't compete with a book cause you're, you're competing with your imagination. Yeah. Whereas some things it's like, yeah, we're going to try to do this and we're going to try to be as, as close to the source material. There's, I think that's why books that, that, you know, aren't fantasy and shit like that, you know, something like the green mile or whatever can do yeah. a, a good job of being a reasonable adaptation because it's still based in reality. And you're like, there's only so far we can stray from this where it's like, yeah. you know, I can't, I don't even know if there was like a book, the never ending story or something, but when you're dealing with something like Fantasia and your brain versus what's going to show up on screen in the eighties, yeah, you know, it would be vastly different. Yeah. Like I, I didn't have like, like puppets. <laughs> you didn't have, you didn't have puppets. There's literally a picture of you holding a puppet on the album. No, I mean like <laughs> puppets in, in my head when. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You, you're yeah. like Jim Henson's like, creature yeah. fucking museum was reading a book and be like, yes, in in my mind's eye, I see a puppet. Yeah, <laughs> big big goofy green eyes rolling around in its yeah. head. That's pretty funny. You've seen the Neverending Story? A long time ago. Okay, so yeah, I'm really not a thing for movies, huh? Uh, no. <laughs> Fair. Fair. If anything, like, you know, with, with all the streaming stuff, yeah. movies tend to just be like my background noise yeah. while I'm like, you know, writing or doing other things. And it's got to take a lot to make you stop and like watch the movie. And then, I think. Yeah. And it's always got to be like something that I've seen before, because if it's something brand new, I'm like, oh, I got to stop what I'm doing and pay attention to the TV now. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't really watch new stuff anyway. do you put on like do you go to do you sleep in complete silence or do you put like a, a show or a tv on i usually just sleep in silence okay yeah i i can't so i end up throwing a lot of shit on but i have to put on something i've seen before so i don't get into it yeah because i'm like i've got tons of stuff i'm actually terrified to to start some of these series like i started shameless this year and it's like i started it when there was 
what was it? Come on, brain. Uh, like 11 seasons. And so I'm like, that's intimidating. Like 15 episode seasons, 11 of them. I'm like, I don't have time for this. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I even movies now, like I think sometime this week, I want to watch the John Wick movies. I've seen the first one, but I'm like, you know, I saw a bit of the second one when it was on TV on the road. And I'm like, maybe I'll watch those. Maybe this yeah. will be just fun. Turn my brain off. You know, no expectations like, oh, what's the takeaway message yeah. from this movie? As much as I seem like a lunatic about, about my, my story plot things, if I watch a scary movie, if it scares me, I don't care what the story is. If I watch a comedy, if it makes me laugh, I don't care what the story is, right? But if you are watching a drama, right, the whole idea is the, the, the plot, then yeah, if your plot sucks, I'm going to be like, hey, big fail, right? As long as an action movie is, makes me laugh a couple times and there's some cool scenes, I'm, I'm in. I'm glad you're nodding. It's a very yeah. odd. <laughs> I'll just write your, Ryan is agreeing with me. He's putting thumbs up. He's written on the page. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to throw it to another. We are. We're going to throw to the last, the last little bit segment. So this is, this is a clip of Ryan McGlenna doing stand up comedy. He's been uh, politely listening to Josh. (laughs) My rant. Just yelling uh, at you. 20 minutes. And uh, (laughs) here we are. This is what Ryan sounds like talking. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, this actually happened to me. Like I was, uh, I was having a conversation with a bot last week. For those of you who don't know what a bot is, a bot's a computer program that somebody wrote, and all it does is it makes fake profiles on these online dating sites and tries to talk to you like a normal human being in hopes of getting you to click on a link or sign up for something stupid or get a virus or something like that. And I didn't realize I was talking to a bot at first, but the longer we had our conversation, the more I realized I wasn't talking to a human being. (laughs) So uh, before I go, I'd just like to uh, share with you guys the uh, conversation that I had with a bot on the dating app Tinder. (laughs) Some of you have heard of it. (laughs) So first she sends me a smiley face, and then she writes, boo. (laughs) Well, boo to you too. Hello, have we spoken before? Don't think so. I would have remembered a face like yours. Because <laughs> I'm so fucking smooth. <laughs> I just got out of the shower. Busy day, been kind of busy. <laughs> what? But I am feeling horny. So what's up? Want to have some fun? Winky face. (laughs) It was about this point that I realized I'm probably not talking to a human being. Because regular girls don't talk like that. Well, to me at least. So I thought I'd test her out. I wrote back something really stupid that would make a normal girl be like, what? But she carried on the conversation like nothing happened. I wrote back, you better believe I do, gosh golly. I'm going to change my panties. Wanna see? Winky face. (laughs) So I just went to town here. (laughs) I wrote back, I hope your panties are homemade. (laughs) Like out of an old shirt. (laughs) Nothing would make me wetter than to see your exposed vajayjay. Do you want to play on webcam? I can't. 
I don't own one. I'm texting you from a toaster. And then she sends me a web link and says, click the accept invite tab at the left of my profile page and fill out all your info. Give it a second to load, and when you get in, I would love for you to join me in private, okay? Can you just send me a picture of your elbow? <laughs> I use this site to play on because I don't want to be recorded. This site doesn't allow members to record my cam, you know. I do know. <laughs> now bring on the elbow. <laughs> the credit card is just to verify you're an adult. <laughs> You get in for free through my profile page, but you need to prove you're not a minor. Can't show ass and nudity to kids, you know. I'm actually two 10-year-olds. Standing on each other's shoulders. Wearing a trench coat. So I'm 20. And she just writes back the letter K. And our conversation ended there, guys. But I'm really proud to say this. I officially weirded out a robot. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, that. Oh, I remember that bit. <laughs> reminds, that bit reminds me... I got, I got nothing. You were working on it. Well, I don't want to go back into movie stuff. I'm I'm glad we got to do that. That was, again, uh, uh, no I, intention I of going was, down that this road. This was very therapeutic for you. Yeah, I'm a, well, you've you've shared with me a way to grow. You were like my my therapist, where you just sat yeah. and let me get it all off yeah. my chest, and then you're like, How maybe do you, you feel should about be it? lying down again. Like yeah, that Josh, was Josh is sat up. I've sat up on the bed. And, yeah, and we, should, uh, we should be lying and just staring been, at the ceiling and just like maybe that's what this is. It's gonna be like me bringing comics over so they can listen to me air out my grievances with, with that, intellectual properties. I'm gonna do yeah. I'm gonna, and, and how does that make you feel, Josh? Makes me feel sad, Ryan. Uh, Makes me feel angry inside hungry yeah i uh, so going back to you uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a detour we, we established so you left this is so yeah, it was a huge detour i was I, asking like, you if I, you were happier being gone I from just, all of the stuff i saw like what when we brought up the last of us and then you just lit up like a christmas tree and just started spouting everything that you've thought about it i'm just like oh <laughs> Oh, and then you're like, yeah, and all my listeners will know well, they've what I'm heard me bitching and, about and some like, of this stuff before. I'm like, this is an ongoing thing, and I'm like, I I can't stop this. Oh, this is the 97 episode streak of. Uh, I, I feel like I feel like we 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 broke some from new ground, Josh. That's so funny. Well, what I did like, I I we did it with your perspective of like it's yeah. it's yours, yeah. Like, and I just said, like I said, it's just it's disappointing to not be able to to point someone who hasn't experienced it to the thing and say. I think this is your best shot at at enjoying yeah. uh, a different version of what I enjoyed. Sadly, that's not the case, at least yeah. in my opinion. The reason I got excited was just because somebody, because you were saying, I don't really well, just do the, TV or movies, but I do the games. Yeah. So that's why I thought it would be interesting to know someone who is a gamer mm -hmm. who would take the time to be like, I don't normally consume this medium, but mm -hmm. I'm going to go check it out. Like like I said, I well, like... If, if we're sticking to one medium... I would, my, my, my example would be like the Star Wars films. Okay. Okay. There were, there were like three sets of Star Wars films. Uh, and then, and then a bunch of little spinoffs. Yeah. yeah. Like the, with each generation got their own trilogy, set, their yeah. own set. Right. And so it's just like, 
the the people that are like ah, you know the new ones are garbage ah, yeah, you know I can't I can't watch them they're terrible blah 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 okay it's like well this isn't technically your your film so it's like this wasn't made with you in mind this was made for the younger generation right and it's it's for them and like you can bring all the nostalgia that you have and like try to like stomach it but it's like I I'm like yeah this. I, I can see what they're doing here. Mm-hmm. It's it's not for me. I may or may not like it, but that's just what it is now. Right. That's it. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much my thoughts on like almost anything that's that's like, oh, they're making a new one. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I I may or may not watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you enjoyed them? More leading towards like the not watching it. Like I watched the I watched was it episode seven. And I was just like, okay. Yeah, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Okay, not for me. Like, yeah, I, I, I didn't mind the Force Awakens. They, I thought hey, they did not make the Force Awakens with me in mind, and I, I accept that. So I'm not gonna watch episodes eight or nine. Yeah, I saw a thing the other day about how, like, in the last few years, Harrison Ford has exited three of his classic roles, like Blade yeah. Runner, Indiana Jones, and Star Wars. Yeah. All of them disappointing like flops or whatever yeah i was like that kind of sucks like when your legacy characters are all fucking just <laughs> so but at the same time he's like i don't want to do those anymore it's like okay fair yeah. i i don't again i don't blame them for trying to do stuff the the start again you're not a tv person but the star trek movies that jj abrams did the two that he did that basically got him like hey get him for star wars they were great I don't know if you saw them, but they were great. They did a good job of telling a new story, writing a story that allowed them to tell new stories without fans going, that's not what happened. It's like, well, they, mm-hmm. they literally did just like a, a plot thing to, to save themselves from any kind of scrutiny. Cause now you can go do whatever you want. And yeah. it's a new timeline that's been created. Great. Brilliant. Shut up nerds. Great, great way to do it. Yeah. It, but, but I found I, those I, to I feel be like good. that's a bit of a, a cop out where it's just like, oh we, yeah, we change it, but alternate universe. Last but it's like, of, but all the same, the shout was an alternate universe. You can't yeah, get mad. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Well, but it was funny because the whole thing was like, everything happened. It's not like, oh, this is an alternate universe. So nothing. I don't know if you saw the Star Trek movie. Like the, the, the JJ Abrams on Chris Pine, Zachary. Yeah, Quintero. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw yeah. It's literally like at the tail end of everything that's ever happened through Star Wars history, you know, Star Trek, S- Star Trek. Thank you. Spock goes back in time through a wormhole, yeah. you know, unintentionally. And then what happens on the other end has now caused the, you know, event of things to go a different route. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, Hey, those things never happened because Spock is from that universe where they happen. So guess yeah. what nerds, all your stories really happened, Yeah. but now he's gone back and now it's because of that, you know, that, doc Brown, like why Marty, like, don't touch anything. That's why I like the MCU because they're, they're trying their hardest to make everything canon. Yeah, it's really bad now. I'm really disappointed with how far it's fallen off. You don't think so? <laughs> nah. <laughs> I think it's just it's just mindless fun with with it, things I'm rather like I may or may not be familiar with. I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. I I don't know. I I really I was really like really hooked up until the end of Endgame because I'm like stakes building. Like it was a there was like a crescendo yeah. it was building yeah. to. And now there's just, there's no stakes. Who cares? They're like, oh, there's going to be this new big guy. I'm like, you're getting a little like tenant with the, the fucking, you know, the, the, the storyline now, because now it's like, I can't even follow it. And people who are nerds for that shit don't really know what you're talking about or or whatever. It's kind of like, so I think, I think also they're coming out faster. I saw, I saw a thing. Well, just think of it like, you know, who's, who's the, 
biggest headliner in the world? In comedy or in, in comedy, movies? In comedy. I don't know. Like Do who's you? who's like a really big name? I know Burr's really big, okay, but he's imagine, not even not even big. Seinfeld still probably. Okay, so imagine Bill Burr doing an hour, yeah, and then you have to follow him. That's mm-hmm. that's the new face of MCU right mm-hmm. now. Exactly, and I think that kind of sucks because it was like, did you not have it ready? You know, like there was like a couple episodes. There was literally like two or three movies that were like epilogues yeah. to the Infinity War it's, stuff. It's, and then it's, it's just kind of, now it's, it's just cool like. cool down and then they got to build it back from But fresh. I'm saying like even the first few Marvel movies were building towards assembling the Avengers. And then the Avengers movie, the payoff, mm-hmm. was teasing Infinity War. Thanos as a threat, mm-hmm. right? And then the next the next phase was was figuring out what these stones are. And then the next phase is like, holy shit, he's on his way. He's going to get these things. Like it, it was, it, it seemed to at least have a strong build. Yeah, well, now it's like the multiverse. Well, and that's the thing. And now it's like, okay, well, so and so. Did you see Thor Love and Thunder? Yes. Garbage. It was okay. Like I thought that the screaming goats, like I think that they tried so hard to make it just constantly funny that it lost. How do you, how do you get scared about this gore, the God butcher? If every two seconds, there's a stupid joke in the fucking movie. You know what I mean? Like it's Mm -hmm. just, it made it, it made it so you couldn't, I really liked Ragnarok. I thought the comic relief was perfect. Thor was able to be a little funny and goofy without being a moron. And this he's dumber than star Lord. You know what I mean? So it's just like star Lord's supposed to be the dumb guy that everyone makes fun of. Now Thor's even dumber than him. You know what I mean? Like it was, again, it leaned in too far. It's like, oh, that worked and do, do it more. So like well, everything in moderation, guys. Anyways, who cares? I don't know anything. I, I, I agree to your point that there's lots of stuff being made. Can't love and consume it all. I haven't been interested in Star Wars in a long time. And I used to love the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes less, you know, that old saying less is more. Yeah. I think that the original Star Wars movie was about good versus evil, you know, mm-hmm. like religion versus science and in, in the sense of having faith in the force and oh, there's no such yeah. thing. When he made the prequels, they started talking about metachlorian counts and there's these critters in your bug that tell you what the force wants you to do. Now there is no argument that the force isn't a thing because literally that guy says to Vader, oh, your ancient religion, you are the last of your kind. It's not a religion if it's a scientific thing in your blood that can be managed. There's a Jedi council in a futuristic city and they're still dressed like they're stoic, you know, you know, it was one of those, like you're trying too hard to give it even more explanation. And the, the simplicity of it was enough. It was a story about good versus evil faith and not having faith, you know, all that shit. That's all it was. You overdo it, try to tell, explain too much. Now it gets lost in the sauce. Can't, you know, and I just, I found that like, okay, well now it's not, now it's not open to interpretation and mysticism, whatever. It's just science. And the Jedi's meet in a council at the top floor of a penthouse in the middle of a fucking city. And they're supposed to be like these mystic, it's a religion. You're telling me that they would meet in the highest point of a middle of a metropolis. They're meeting at the end of the top of the freedom tower and people are going, ah, it's not real. I'm like, I don't know. I think they got prime seating. I think whatever Jedi Monsanto is doing up there is really, I think it's a thing. I think it's really hard to argue that it's not a thing. So it's just, it was too much. And I think maybe, maybe that echoes some of the last of us stuff is that uh, maybe we didn't need you to expand on all of the secondary characters. They were all plot devices to show juxtaposition to Joel. Now they're the stars of this series mm-hmm. and Joel and Ellie take a back seat. Does that make sense? It's going, it's, it's telling me too much of what I don't need to know. 
Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I just sound like such an angry nerd. You're listening to the Angry Nerd Podcast, also known as One Man Podcast. I don't think I'm going to play any more of your bits because I think the three breaks is good. Okay, let's throw it to a bit. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I remember that one. I wrote that one in the shower. <laughs> I wrote that one in the shower. I I did want to ask though, like, you know, in terms of, of your stand-up right now, because that is, I mean, again, I love people just getting a chance to sit and, and listen to you. And this is what I love about you is that you're funny in one moment and then the next you'll have a serious conversation. Yeah. Or you'll just stare at me and make me feel completely insecure about my position. Was, was that really is. what I was doing? No, no, I, was, I don't think it was your intention. <laughs> I, I've, I've been told that I'm a very good listener. You are a good listener. You are a very good listener. And then sometimes when you finally say something afterwards, I, I don't know if it's gonna be funny or serious, okay. which is the part. That's why I said, I always feel like I'm at your whim. Like yeah. you are in control. Mm-hmm. And that's why we are like, Oh, I'm just awkward. So I may as well, I'm like, Oh, do you, you like, you're not in control. Like, you don't know like, you're in the same position as me. Like, what do I say or do in this moment? Like, right. But in terms of your stand-up, I have mentioned earlier in this episode, two hours ago, that Ryan is at Absolute Comedy this weekend. Are we really weekend. two hours? Yeah. Holy. Ryan's at Absolute Comedy this weekend, October- Is this like a four-parter? <laughs> 13th through 15th. He's there all week, but you guys can see him the 13th yeah. through the 15th. Unless you're Friday, listening Saturday, to like the fourth part of this, and then I've- No, I put the, them all the week, at once. The week's done. That was my point with the book, is that you can consume a book as little or as much as you want. You want to read it in a weekend, or you want to take two months to read it, yeah. reading it three pages a day. Like At the end of the day, the story, you can consume it at your level, which is maybe another reason that people like the books more. If it's something that's with you for like a month- Right. If you spend all this time on it, where, whereas like you consume it an hour and a half and you're like, that was all of it. Just like that there, like, yeah. you know, and yeah, they won't be able to give you the same experience you right. had with the book. Anyways, that aside, I'm saying that if like a book, if they want to listen for 10 minutes and then listen for an hour and then listen for 15, yeah. they can do that as they want. There's no reason to break it up for them. I'm not going to spoon feed my audience. They're adults. They can <laughs> fucking take it how they want. That's like, it's like, you know, selling you a, a big box of beef jerky. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You shouldn't eat it all at once. But I you know, will. But you can if you want. It's your decision. I don't need to sell you a box with a bunch of little miniature packages in it. It's like, it's you <laughs> fucking consume it however you want. I believe in you and your abilities. What's going on with you these days? Instead? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Finish plugging. This weekend, 13th through 15th of October, yeah. absolutecomedy.ca for tickets or call 613-233-8000. Please go see Ryan. I played the bits. Hopefully you laughed. <laughs> <laughs> but I really do think you should see Ryan. Ryan's great. And in terms of like, like you said, you've moved past the, the being an employee of a comedy club, which is a different experience. Not, not all of us have gotten to have that experience yeah. as a comic being a booker for comedy stuff and, and, and a spot that a lot of people want. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of it. I asked you if you were happy or not. You're like, I never been happier yeah. or whatever. So in terms of the stand up, how are you doing now? I, I'm just writing. Yeah. Are you getting on stage more than you did when you were working at the club? Yeah, because there's no real like mental block that's just like, ah, I don't know if this is a good idea or not. It's yeah. just like, where's the stage time? Let me have it. Let me let me work out some ideas. And then cuz you're my first post-pandemic interview face to face. Right. How did how did you get through the pandemic stand-up wise? I didn't. You didn't do anything? I I did one Zoom show. Okay. And then I hated it. Yeah, I I I didn't like the idea of doing zoom I like, was like not the, the, the not the show itself the show was fine but like the idea of zoom just blech. that was what it was for me i'm like i've been on on multi-people interviews where like everyone's muted so you can't hear any laughing yeah and i'm like 
standing in my, what, in my kitchen, my dining room, I'm just going to stand and, hey, blah, 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 blah. Like, I just, I just was like, I think that this would make me look worse, not better. So now I know there's a lot of guys doing this, making money and good on them. Yeah. Um, I just figured if I'm doing something over the medium of internet video. Yeah. I would want more control than just a Zoom call. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've also seen stand-up specials where the person was in their all their living room in front of their parents and I'm like that's a terrible that was a terrible special. You know, we we feed off of the energy. Yeah. We really do. So if if you can't hear anything, if you just got a bunch of squares that you can't see because you're standing far enough away that you're in frame, I'm like I, that, or I'm just a really insecure person. I would be sitting there doubting myself the entire time. So some of it was self-preservation and some of it was like, I don't want to represent myself that way. So same for you. You did the one show. What was the experience like? I mean, it was a show. It like, there were parts of it where I'm just like, okay, this feels showy. Like, did you, this, I'm sorry. I've never asked anybody this because I never really thought of it is they just have you and the other comics link in and then they just open you up to their audience. And it's like, you know, so-and-so is the host. So he'll talk first and okay. then he throws and, to you. And then they, what, they switch the screen and, and to then, you being, and then, is that how gonna, and then we're going to spotlight you. And then you just, you just, you know, say you're acting to the webcam. And but I'm was like, that how it worked? You guys, were you on the show with multiple comics or was it just, yeah, you? it was, it was multiple comics. And then they would like throw to each one. They would just spotlight each one to do their set. And then when that was done, and you're just like, like yeah. I'm, I'm in my room, and I am I am telling my jokes to like to a webcam. Yeah, and and then yeah, I I hear laughter in the in the headset, and I'm just like, I don't know. This it was just like it was too different. It was too weird. I I just didn't like it. In the headset, so you're wearing headphones? Yeah, wearing headphones and trying to do that because like- When you're like sitting at a desk or were you doing- I've seen David Pride like standing up in his dining room like- uh, I was I was sitting at my desk. And so you're just like sitting talking to- telling the jokes to the-, the Yeah, and it's like, it 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 didn't feel right. Yeah. That was that was my concern. It wouldn't it wouldn't feel right, and and with the fear of like how long is this pandemic going to go on, I I was worried all it would do is make me doubt my abilities as a comic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I that's what I was afraid of. That's why I didn't even try, which I'd never advocate. But but that's where I was at. The with it. the problem I had with with the pandemic and like taking such a break from comedy is that when everything started opening up again, it was it was like the same but still different. Like you know finally being able to go out and do a club but like everything is socially distanced and there's like plexiglass in front of the stage yeah, the aquarium stage yeah, shit. yeah and you you get the spotlight on you and you all you can see is your reflection yeah and then you're just like it's this it's it's kind of what i remember but i don't know like it it still feels different yeah and then like doing that for a while and then finally, when things just started opening up again, and then you're like you're you're doing shows how like shows used to be, and like there's really very little remnants of of like pandemic life. Like you know when you're actually looking out and you see faces, it's not like everyone has to wear a mask at their yeah. table, and and it and just now it's like it's starting to feel like where it used to be. Yeah. 
do you still get, do you still feel like odd just randomly? Like when we walked into Staples earlier, I grabbed my thing and I was walking towards the store. I'm like, fuck. And I'm like, I'm like, not like, oh, I need to be wearing a mask, but I felt like I was, I wasn't prepared to go into the store. And I, and I knew that the feeling was like, oh, I got to have a mat. Like I got to, I, I felt too free every now and again, I'll be going into a store. I'm like, oh shit, I don't have a mask. And then I'm like, no, you don't, you don't know. It's never, you've never been like, oops. No, I've never. Yeah. I don't know. Not still, every now and again, I'll just feel like, is it not the, okay? When they lifted all the restrictions, that's when everything just started feeling like normal again. Yeah. There's still those people who are like, you know, the the numbers are going up. I'm like, do you know how far gone that is now? Like if you tried to lock us all down now, I would tell you to go fuck Dude, yourself. I'm like, pretty sure I've caught COVID maybe like three more times since the pandemic ended. <laughs> how many times have you got it? I got it twice that yeah. I know of. And there were other times where I'm just like, I'm pretty sure I had it, but it was like, I'm my, I've had it so many times that it doesn't really affect me to the level that it would a normal person. Yeah. Where I already have like the immunity is at like a maximum with me. Like the first time I had COVID was, it was before the, the vaccine. Right. And that was quite possibly the worst experience I've ever had. Really? Okay. Yeah. Where like, I legitimately felt like I was going to die. Cause like I was, I remember trying to take a shower and I guess it was like all the, the water vapor in the air, mm -hmm. but like I could not breathe. Like I had to stop mid shower and will my way back to my bed. Really? And then just like, crawl in the bed and just like so that the humidity was killing you the humidity was killing me yeah and i was just wow. like all right i need to just lie down and then the next morning i felt slightly better and then the next day was a little bit better and i'm just like oh, okay i think i i made it past the hump right 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 and then I did you have that lingering cough for like a month afterwards no really i did I, I got it. I, I know for sure once, I think twice. I, I, and I, and if I got it a second time, then it was confirmed a second time. Yeah. But I just, I just don't remember a second time. Like, I feel like I, I remember a second time, but I don't remember anything about My it. My second time was confirmed. Yeah. No, yeah. what I mean is I don't mean like I was sick and I'm like, I don't know if it's COVID or not. I mean, like, I really, I feel like I got it twice. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I feel like I like tested and saw the strips and everything like, mm -hmm. oh, got COVID again, but I don't recall anything so nope. i i, and I that's what i'm saying like i don't even know if i actually got it a second time yeah but i feel like i i feel like i had it twice i just i remember the first time everything about it yeah don't remember i don't I, I don't know why i feel like i got it twice and and confirmed twice but i just the the second time i got it i didn't feel anything mm -hmm. and the only reason i knew i got it was because i jokingly did a rapid test okay and it showed the two and lines. And it showed that, uh, yeah, it showed the two lines. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like visiting my friend at the time. And, and he's like, well, it looks like you're staying here for five days. And I'm like, all right. He couldn't go anywhere because he was in yeah, contact Yeah, he was in contact with, with you. And he never caught anything. And all we did was just sit on the couch and watch Netflix and get Uber Eats for like five days. Pretty sweet. It was pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and like, my most recent experience with it was like just for laughs was in Toronto, like in the summertime, July, usually July, like, August, no, like a week and a half ago. Oh, really? Like oh, yeah, a show, a show or the, like, or the festival, the JFL 42? JFL Toronto. Yeah. Oh, wow. So they were there. And I remember going to all these like parties after the shows 
And then like a few days later, people were just posting up pictures of, of, of a rapid test with the two lines. Like, oh, I got COVID. Yeah. And I'm like, that's I was there. <laughs> like we had a drink together and I don't feel anything. So your, your, your immunity is so high. That... I, that's what I think. But they said that even if you're immune, you can still carry it. So yeah. you can still transmit. So as much as it's not like thriving in you, yeah. you could theoretically transmit. But I think it's just one of those things to just keep everybody scared forever. Yeah. But I'm, it's nice that it's it's back open. It's nice that we're doing shows. You know, it's uh, it's good to be back. It is. Yeah. It is good to be back. I, I think it wasn't until like two weeks ago, like doing shows at the, at the festival where I, I like finally broke out of this idea where it's like, why am I doing this? <laughs> you know, like I, like I used to be good, right? Was I good? I don't remember. Yeah, like yeah. the imposter syndrome right here. And then like just had one really, really good show. And that's where it just clicked for me. I'm just like, Oh, we're back. Yeah. We're back. We're back. Yeah. I, uh, that's, that's the thing too, right? Like there's been After highs- two years. Yeah. Two years of, you know, like... Should I be doing this? Should I give up? Well, like, starting up again, like, mid-pandemic, where they're... Like, the only reason we're doing shows is because, you know, clubs can open again. Right. And just, like, like having that skewed version of, of a comedy show and and just, like, questioning everything. Yeah. Is this the way it's going to be always forever? And, like, it, it wasn't until just recently where i just started feeling like everything is back how i would like it like i'm I'm starting to rebuild my confidence with my act and like i'm writing new stuff and i'm getting ready for like you know i'm i'm gonna be dropping an ep okay and the fact that my first album came out in 2015 <laughs> And my EP's coming out in like 2023. That's like eight years. And I'm like, I'm going to record everything that I've written since my first album. <laughs> like, like it's an EP. So. It's like not even half an hour. And I'm just like, holy shit. Well, it's it's those things like I was telling you earlier about the comics who say, you know, the new guys. And they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this guy comes back like every year. And it's like the same hour. Right. And they make fun of him like, like writing yeah. new material. But they're like, yeah, but when that's what people are paying for. That's what you need. That's what you need. It's like, it's like, you know, like it's like people who see the stones, you know, every time they're on tour and they're like, Oh, can you believe it's all the same songs? Like they haven't written a new song in God knows how long people are paying to hear the hits. Yeah. But comedy people are paying to hear what you think about certain things that are happening yeah like comics have told me the guys who are successful like when i'm like man i've been telling these jokes for a while and i kind of feel they're like listen they've never heard them before you know what i mean and the first time you heard it did you find things it funny it's like yeah it's like well just know that they've never heard this before they're gonna you're gonna have a, a great time yeah you know telling these things and it just it takes time so it's it's funny to to be like yeah like sometimes when you're working and you're being paid to do the stuff that works right mm-hmm. you're not you're not gonna go do a fucking thousand dollar corporate show and try some new dick joke. No, you know, no, you're there to do the stuff that, that, you know, works that they've asked for and you make, you take the money and run, you know? So, yeah. And especially when, when two and a half of those eight years were pandemic and, you know, 
and some of those years were you working at a comedy club where you're spending so much time trying to get everybody else stage time and get them the, the room that they own. need yeah. to go and try their new material. Yeah. You're not getting it for yourself. So yeah. I think that for both you and myself in terms of leaving those managerial producer roles, mm -hmm. it's like putting your own oxygen mask on first is like, as much as I enjoy being immersed in comedy and everything yeah. and doing these things. I still want to do comedy and I still want to do it. And I look forward to, to myself now, like, again, like even just my podcast took a huge hiatus at times. I got, I got sick. I didn't have room to, I used to, I used to have a smaller desk. It was cluttered. They, they've heard this before, but just for yourself, cluttered desk all the time. And so I'd wake up on a Tuesday to record the podcast and I'd like, I'd be going through all this paperwork. I'm like, oh, I got to pay this bill and then do a thing. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I forgot to do this. Sit down, open it up. Oh, now there's an issue there. I have to call in and get it like, and it's like, and the four or five hours goes by my, 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 I finally got the desk clean, but my energy's toast. I've been solving problems all day and going through everything. So I'm yawning, I'm burnt out. Mm -hmm. And so that's the part where I'm like, okay, well, I'll just try it tomorrow. You know, and then you get three days later and you're like, you know what? I'll just record two of them next week. And then, you know, like, like I, I recorded this podcast every single episode on time without fail for like the first hundred episodes. And I was like, I've never been so punctual for anything in my entire life. In fact, there was even episodes where I was sick with no voice, but I'd pull out that little handheld recorder that I showed you. I'd mm -hmm. record something on that. It might even be 25 minutes long, but it would be something. Yeah. Get it there. There was an episode on time and Hey guys, this is all that's going on with me. I told you I've been laying in bed all week. It's hard to have a lot of shit to, to reflect on when you've just been laying in bed. So I watched yeah. this movie, watch that movie. I watched this show, played this game, but it's good to like, I, I, I too feel like I'm in a position now where a couple, a couple, few more things can stabilize a little bit and I'll actually have time to sit and write yeah. every day. And, and if I'm going to go to the club, I'm going to get on stage. And I'm going to try something a little bit new. Yeah. Do you feel I, like you've, I was, I was like hell bent on new material. Yeah. It was the, I was, all right. So during the pandemic, I was asked to headline absolute the, because, you know, they were at a loss for headliners because of the, the border, pandemic. The oh, pandemic right, right, right. Order being closed. That's right. So yeah, absolute had to use like a lot of locals and I was one that was asked to headline and I'm just like, no. Like I've been out of practice for like a year and also like th the bits that I have are old and I don't like them. And I like, there are a lot of things that I've, I've said on stage before that I don't believe in anymore. And like, I don't, I don't want to just, you know, dust off old material just to fill the time. And I said this, like, like I, I declined three times to, <laughs> to headline like both Ottawa and Toronto and, and pretty much I ended up, you know, finally caving in and doing it, which in my head, I think like, Hey, I, I, I pissed off every single comic that felt like they deserved that spot more than me. Despite the fact that, you know, I didn't want to do it <laughs> because I, 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 I didn't, you didn't feel ready. It's not that I didn't feel ready. It's just that, like, with what I have, or what I had at the time, mm -hmm. I'm just like, I, I know it's going to go all right, but I'm not going to have fun. Right. It's just going to be me trying to, you know, just fill time with, with material that I don't, even, I don't even do anymore. Right. And 
after that weekend, I was I was so hell bent on just writing new stuff to the point where I was just like asking for spot weekends where it's just like just let me do like ten minutes. Yeah. Like every show for a week. And like on the Tuesday I would come in and I would have like completely brand new, like a whole new set where I would just start with nothing and like the whole set would just be me saying things for the very first time and trying to like fight the 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 part of your brain that's saying you should stop this this is not going good it's it, it's fun like i'm not afraid to bomb anymore yeah and i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that i talked to my like like paul verzi told me this he was telling me like when I started my podcast, he's like, dude, you're going to become a better comedian just from doing your podcast. And I honestly believed at the time that what he meant was like, I would get better at creating material because I'm just like, Oh, you're just gonna start being funnier on your podcast. There's a lot of time. I don't think I'm funny on the podcast. I'm just telling stories. I'm just talking about things. I'm being very actually, usually I'm being very honest and sincere about, about my position. Whereas I love to make it funnier and be like, ah, this goofy fucking thing. But I'm like, a lot of times I got a lot of frustration. It ends up being like more therapy for me than anything else, but I got people listening and I'm grateful for them. But I, I think there's like, because you're talking to the wall and you're getting no reaction, you become more and more comfortable with silence and just talking for no reaction at all. I have literally been on stage you know, and I'm like, I'm saying something and they're just listening. Someone had told me a long time ago, Hey, listen, don't be afraid of silence. Silence means they're listening. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not, I'd like, if it's not like, Oh, if they're not laughing every second, like I'm okay for them to be listening. But also I, I just don't even care if they're there. I'm just used to talking now. So I talk for an hour to two hours sometimes by myself. Yeah. I can talk for six fucking minutes to absolute silence and it doesn't bother me. Well, (laughs) this, this goes back to like, before we even started the podcast, I was telling you that, you know, I'm looking for like a really nice voice recorder and all that. Cause yeah. like, th- that's what I, what I want to do. I want to like start just being able to just with nothing, just talking to a voice recorder and just say whatever comes to the top of my head mm-hmm. and just, just go about it and, and really just like get an idea of think like what i think and what i want to talk about like subconsciously Mm -hmm. and i think that would for me is a good step in in creating new material because it'll it'll keep me more grounded with the things that i actually you know want to say yeah and i like i was going to ask you if you feel like you've found your voice i think right now or uh, up to like a month ago, I was using my voice from years ago, okay, which is not my voice anymore. And I and I I know I I can I can find it again. I know it's there, and I think with new material that I make, I can you know really show it off. Yeah, yeah. And I I know. Sorry, please. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, like, I know, I thought I had found my voice. Yeah. But I'm I'm noticing that as I get older and I, I, I spend a lot of time, like, consuming stuff about psychology and relationships and communication and things like that. And, and I know that, like, all the comics that I've always 
loved and appreciated the most and connected with, right? Which is the most important thing that we do is to connect with the audience. The ones I've connected with were always the ones that had something to say. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The Carlins, the Jim Jeffries, Doug Stanhope, you know, anybody who's like, this is the thing. Yeah. Like, it's not just like, hey, this, you never noticed this, the whatever. Like, I've never enjoyed Seinfeld's stand up and I've never really enjoyed the show. I understand why it's popular and I have respect for it, but just to observe and then have no substance to it, right? Like, yeah, you can observe the world, sure. But it's like, but do you want to have a thought, an opinion or whatever? But I've always liked guys like Carlin's voice changed several times throughout his career. Yeah. You know what I mean? But to have guys like, even I like when Bill Burr and Louis CK are being like poignant on an issue, like making a point yeah. about what they're saying is funny. But George Carlin was one who said, if you're not gonna be funny, be interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the whole idea that, that you can be talking about something poignant of our time mm-hmm. and, and still be funny about it. Like that's the thing it's, it's been coming up in documentaries and stuff lately where it's like, you know, the, 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 the philosophers of old, well, comics are the modern day philosophers. I mean, it's, it's, I, I don't know who else would be. I'm not trying to pat us as an industry on our end, but I think that our brains work in a different way than, than other people's. All of us, we see the world differently. We see events differently. And as much as the world likes to give a shit for like trying to find humor in, in tragedy, it's like, it's not that we do that because we don't take it seriously. It's, I think it's, it's a processing mechanism for us. It's like this bad thing happened or this horrible thing is happening, Mm -hmm. you know? And in order for us to be able to process it, we have to disarm it with humor. You know what I mean? We have to make it accessible. So if Mm -hmm. we make that thing funny and make fun of it, it's easier to digest because now it's not as just horrific and, and you know what I mean? In in my case, it's, it's the opposite where it's you have to make something horrible in order no to... <laughs> no like when, when when something's horrible i come up with something that's so like ridiculous or yeah. weird that it, it acts more like a distraction right just to keep the bad thoughts away yeah absolutely that's why that's why i mean like all the great minds have said that life is either a comedy or a tragedy and it's how you choose to perceive it and i think mm-hmm. comics just have that mindset where we just try to make shit funny, but it's not like, you know how some, I don't know. A lot of people have said like comedy is not something you can teach somebody. You can't teach someone to be funny. It's like a life perspective. Shit happens. You try to make shit funny yeah. and other people just don't. They just, they cry. They process it. They don't know. They're not as angry as us because they let shit go a lot easier, right? They watched the last of us and they lived on with their lives. They moved on with their lives. I mm-hmm. did not, <laughs> but the point is just that they're able to process stuff differently. And that's why I think like, I think where I'm at with my voice is that I know I've got like pages and pages of premises and things that I want to talk about. You know what I mean? And they're not even funny yet. It's just stuff that I'm like, I see people fighting with each other about, Oh, your thing is fake. And my thing is real and this, that, and whatever. And it's just a lot of like, I I have stuff to say about it, but I also can I get on stage for six minutes and bring up a really heavy subject? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Cause you and I now being experienced know that if you're going to do like, a, first off, when we write a bit, it's not a one liner anymore. Yeah. Right. It's like, this is a thought. I, I, you, I, you I expanded just, on the thought. Yeah, you can't just go right into it. Right. You need to build their trust for a little while so that they know who you are yeah. and go, okay, he sounds like a, a nice person who's caring and, 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 you know, open and whatever. 
And then they'll come along with you on the thought and go like, well, we trust you. We know you're a good person. So if you're going to talk about some heavy shit, you know, we're not going to walk down that road with you if, if we don't trust you. So I'm saying like, it's tough when you're like, Hey, let me get six minutes. When you're like 10 minutes, I was, I was going to jump in there and say like, is even that enough time anymore? Whereas when we're new, it's like six minutes. Fuck. What, what am I going to do to fill six minutes? Now I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do with six minutes? Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's, I guess another, another tool is to learn how to how do I I've, make I've, six minutes work for the new idea I have? Do I just figure I feel out what like we, we approach material differently. Where, you and I, yeah. Where you are all about like the big concept and like, it just becomes, it's so big that you have to try to find a way to shrink it down to what you're doing. You're right. I find, I start with like the most minimal idea. Yeah. And then just try expand to expand like, on it, try to build on it. Like when, when I first, write jokes most of the time there may be one two lines yeah and then i'm just like looking at a piece of paper I'm like okay well these two lines go well with these two lines right and then that goes well with these <laughs> and then i'm just like trying to piece my set together like legos and yeah it's just like it, it i i think over the years it's developed into this weird i have i have a very weird irrational fear where it's like it doesn't matter how much time they tell me i have there's always going to be a part of my brain that says oh you can't fill this yeah like the 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 amount of times it's like fuck i'm headlining tonight i do 45 minutes yeah. fuck what am i gonna do i get through about 15 minutes of my material and the lights on i'm like what exactly. <laughs> like yeah. what i'm i got five minutes left fuck okay i gotta trim the back it always goes better than we think, but it's, I, I honestly do. I think it's part of the imposter syndrome. I have it. Mm -hmm. I have it too. Where I'm like, I don't like that feeling for years. That's still with me. Right. Like, and it's mm -hmm. like, it takes a, it takes a good show to bring you back, yeah. but it only takes one bad show to bring you back to the negative too. Yeah. At least for me where it's like, you know, I'm going to shows. I'm like, fuck man, they're paying me X amount of dollars. Yeah. All I'm doing is telling fucking stories. Yeah. And I'm like, and, and, and whatever. And I'm like, and there's like, there's that crowd that sometimes you'll get, but like, like, I mean, again, it's rarer and rarer, which is good, but you get that show that just doesn't go well. They just weren't your crowd. It was the show wasn't set up to succeed in the first place, whatever it is, but I always internalize it. All right. I fuck, you know, couldn't get them laughing, whatever. And you're like, all right, these guys knew. I mean, I've been a fraud this whole time, Yeah. but this crowd, they knew, they go, you're not funny. What the fuck are you doing there? Yeah. Right. That, and then, and like I said, that, 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 that one show will knock your house of cards down over. It's just this always thing. But, but I was lucky enough that uh, on a podcast here with David pride, he was saying like, nobody can fire you. Like, like people can not work you again, but you can bomb and no one's like, you don't get to do comedy ever again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can just keep getting back on the horse. Yeah. You know, some nights are just not going to like you. Yeah. Fair, fair. It, it, and it doesn't matter who you are. That, that's going to happen. Yeah. In fact, over the grand scheme of my life, over the course of my life, more people have not liked me initially in a short period and it's taken time for me to grow. So mm -hmm. I've actually done great at just getting on stage and having the ones like me right away. Yeah. Done infinitely better at that than I have with, you know, the old, the old regular Josh. Hey, stage Josh, you know, even when he bombs, he's still doing better than, uh, than this guy here. <laughs> <laughs> I take my movie reviews to the stage and just burn yeah. my 45 minutes at that. It's like, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm uh, like the I'm, last of Josh, <laughs> the last of Josh. I'm, I'm really glad. I'm glad that you, you came to do this again. I'm sorry. We wasted so much time on movies and stuff, but like, I'm glad that a you're in town doing shows. Are you headlining next week? When's the next time 
Oh, I'm not. I'm not headlining. No. Until I feel like my act is in a place where I think it should be. Okay, that's fair. And I, I yeah, right now I'm just having fun with new ideas and stupid ideas. <laughs> and, Oh, that's great. Well, please let me know when next yeah. time you're like, okay, I'm the headlining and let me know. I want to, I want to see it. Yeah. Cool. We'll Thanks do. for doing this, buddy. I appreciate you doing it guys. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to have more of these interviews for you and, uh, and doing them more as a regular thing. Again, as much as Ryan is writing, you know, material now and, and stuff like that, I, I intend to be bringing the podcast back, getting my own ass out on stage, doing new material and fun stuff. Ryan, thank you for doing this guys. Go check Ryan out this weekend, 13th through 15th of October, absolutecomedy.ca for your tickets. I hope you you crush tonight, buddy. I gotta get you back to the back to the condo so you can get onto the stage tonight. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have a show. Yeah, I do have a show. And <laughs> we as we've established, mm-hmm. it's gonna be the best one of the week. Oh, absolutely. Anything that you want to plug outside of this? Uh, please do. I don't know. If you like video games and you like watching people play video games <laughs> while saying stupid things, then check out check out my Twitch channel, the XGGL. X G G L V X G G L V X G G L. You can find it at at the X G G L. Seriously? Where? Yeah. At at like at and then a t. No, no. I'm, I said you can find it at at the X G G L. Right. I see a t and then ampersand and then no, not ampersand. No. What do you call that fucking thing? A with the little yeah, the at symbol is at what everybody symbol. calls yeah, it. So but I'm saying is then is so there a name for that? At symbol. T H E X G G L. And, uh, yeah, we, we do a live stream every week and it's like me and a friend of mine, he owns a video game store and, uh, we just play whatever and talk Shoot pure shit. shit for like three hours. Yeah. They have guests. You guys are still filming it in Toronto. Yes. Yeah. I'm in Toronto in January. Can I, can I come do a, a guest spot or do you guys not do guests anymore? Probably. If, I mean, we do have all the extra mics, so. Okay. Cool. We can, we can It'd be great to, to do an episode. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for being this buddy. Let's get you, let's get you back to that condo and get you on stage for tonight. All right. Thanks for doing this ride guys. Check right on that this weekend. I'll tell you this. I, was, I had went through a weird phase where I really wanted an Asian girl. That's kind of weird. Like Asian guy, Asian girl kind of makes sense, but I realized this one's going to happen for me. Cause like all the Asian girls that I know, none of them go for Asian guys. Like apparently that's a thing. And I asked him like, Oh, why don't you go for Asian guys? She's like, well, the reason I don't go for Asian guys is because I'm Asian and he's Asian and that'd be weird. <laughs> like, how the fuck is that weird? <laughs> well, Ryan, well, Ryan, it's because it would feel like I was dating one of my relatives. And that's really gross. <laughs> so I thought about it, like, the only way that I'm going to find an Asian girl that's cool, that kind of thing, is if I found a girl that was Asian. You know what I mean? Like, really, really Asian. Like, gong Asian. Like, konnichiwa, Asian. You know, straight from Asia, speaks another language, has an accent. That'd be kind of weird to wake up to the next morning. It's like, oh. Good morning, Raya. Do you want to have a blowjob? <laughs> oh my god. You sound like my mo- <laughs> But I will take that blowjob. My dad's in the corner. I, I believe in you. You guys were a lot of fun. Thank you so much. I'm Ron McLeod. <laughs> <laughs>